What's up, everybody? Yo, yo, yo! How y'all doing? Oh, I'm so excited to see you guys. I am. I'm very excited today. I'm super excited today because we have an amazing guest. You guys know him. You guys love him. Game Design's Mr. Tiger will be here today. Yes, I see you hanging out in the chat there, Server 20 Shewell Trader. I didn't expect you here today. You hop on up. Bubba Joe will be joining us shortly in uh, the first interview with game design that we've been able to secure in the year 2023, and it comes not a moment too soon when we talk about the Voyager loop. The mechanics, the intent, the design, we're going to get some insight into that today. So I would like to welcome you, one and all, to the stage of Talking Trek Live. Who is here to actually hear from game design themselves? In a Talking Trek server sound off, you guys hit it. Zandy's on server 12 is kicking us off. Veritas Absoluto on server 43. Sotak on server 28. Just Gopher shouting out Janeway. What's up? Appreciate you being here. Stradalorian on server 9. Captain Q. Ops 51 on 57. JT Bob on 56. Thank you. King Kirky on 181. Noon Whistle on server 29. Luke EP on uh, server 132. Thank you. Tabby Moza on server 20. Deckix hanging out uh, somewhere in some European server. Aquila Hawk on server 21. Welcome into the show. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Galvanox tuned in just in time. He says, yes, you are just in time. Sandra on European 142. Amber Laterra on server 49. What's up? Shout out. Anan Games on server 53. Sores on European 157. Lost in on server 55. Clapping at Kirk on server 9. 4752554. Delta 5059 on server 27. And I love reading his name. Like, seriously, that, that is like, I have the most fun reading that name. Uh, Indominus Prime on 52, Mosher on 181, Zula on server 9, Benny Hill on server 42, Steven Zarin hanging out on 136, Mosher on 181, Griffin on server 41, Iron Chef hanging out from server 14, Doug is on server 38, Carlo. <laughs> Carlo on server 16 says, finally, something better to listen to than tax meetings with clients. Uh, I mean, you could still do tax <laughs> meetings with clients, Carlo. Like, that's a possible thing. Just, you know, have your earbuds in, right? Uh, Trader, good afternoon. Welcome into the show. Are you excited? You, Are you excited? Uh, I am, although I can only hang around for like a half hour. Well, that's I what I thought. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Here. That's really unfortunate because in a half an hour is when he's actually going to get here. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I, get, I get to hear the stupid news. You get to hear the stupid news. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Baba Joe? How you doing, man? Are you excited for today? I'm excited, but you should send Trader the stupid news you sent me. Oh, Trader, do you want to read the stupid news story today? Absolutely. I think that's phenomenal. Oh, Lord. Yes. Uh, yes, I can do that. <sighs> uh, let me see here. I've got... Where, wait, where did I put it? Where did I... Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, I'll... I'll... <laughs> It's so good. Uh, so, yeah, here's what's happening, folks. Uh, Mr. Tiger is going to be here uh, in approximately 20 minutes. Uh, what I wanted to do, Trader, was to get on, get through some of the fluff, get through the introduction, get through our news, and uh, and kind of set some expectations as to what we're going to get today. We get 60 minutes uh, with game design today, and I'm very, very excited about it, as is... I think a lot of our studio audience, we have 203 additional messages in the Talking Trek server sound off and 308 people 
in our live studio audience, and I expect that number to grow as uh, as we get Mr. Tiger on the stage and uh, and we get to talk about it. I know Stewie has made an, uh, uh, an interesting observation, Trader. Uh, Trader has to leave. Then Mr. Tiger shows up. <gasps> Trader is Tiger. What? Trader is Mr. Tiger. <laughs> Yeah, All right. sure. It's like a it's like a Batman <laughs> Bruce Wayne kind of thing there, right? Uh, so yeah, no, no, he's not in sixty minutes, decades. He's going to be here in like twenty minutes, and then we get sixty minutes with game design. So I, I'm pretty excited about that. I've got my my questions that I've gone over and and uh, and I've sent him so he can try to find some answers. But I, I'm probably going to we're gonna you know one thing that I really really like about these conversations. One thing that I love about Mr. Tiger is that he will actually have a conversation with us, Trader. It's not going to be, you know, answer this question from a cue card. Like, he, you know, can answer a question. But one thing that I really, really admire about him is his ability to have that conversation, to to be able to communicate back and forth. Like, he might give his answer, Trader, and I'm going to follow up and, and kind of ask, you know, this or that as it pertains to his answer. That's one thing that I've always loved about my conversations with him, both on and off the air, is that he, he, he built it, right? So who better to talk to about what is going on with it? Uh, and what his thought process was. And maybe what we can do is, is try to find some feedback or some ideas that, uh, that could end up presenting as reiterative changes. Maybe. You know, one thing that has happened, Bubba Joe, uh, during this month, without even waiting till the end of the month, was the refinery changes. And while it has improved the loop, we have certainly still been able to identify a couple of pain points or still maybe some confusion in how we're supposed to be approaching this loop. Like, it's not, that refinery change did improve the situation, but it certainly didn't solve the underlying problem, did it? Uh, correct. And, and there are definitely some pain points, but I think that there's a, there's a misnomer, or at least maybe a misunderstanding. There's not a, there can be a, we think players could do this, as opposed to, players are going to try to do this, right? So, I mean, there can be a, this is what we envision the loop to look like, but then the players are going to take that and run, right? They're going to take that and go, well, I'm going to prioritize this, or I think this is important. And so I'm interested to see, I'm hoping that Mr. Tiger is going to have an answer to us, have answer for us as to what they were thinking when they engineered this loop and what they were thinking when they put in, you know, design some of these pain points or design some of these limitations and and then hopefully be able to say, okay, well, yeah, that's nice, but that's not how people are wanting to do it, or that's not what people are actually tr attempting to do. Well, not only that, but this particular loop, and and I think because it is so complicated, not only from a playing perspective, but Bubba, I have to imagine that this was complicated even from a design and a construction perspective, because what we're seeing. Uh, for example, Spock Monkey brings up Tier 6 with the Voyager. Definitely still a problem, right? Definitely still a pain point. But is it because warp range isn't accurate? Or, I mean, because, like, for example, Spock Monkey, if the Tier 6 Voyager could have an extra, and I'd have to, I'd have to double-check with Jules, I think it was, what, just an extra 25 or an extra 35 warp range, then it could get to the next system, where in all likelihood the loot wouldn't be a problem. Bubba, I'm curious if you are looking at this and wondering, 
do you believe that this was as complicated for game design to come up with as it was for us to interpret? Well, I, I, I mean, I said something like this on the other sh- on the last show that there is so many moving pieces to this, right? There's the warp range, there's the power of the hostels, there's the power of the ship, there's the loot that you're gaining, there's mm-hmm. the refinery that's changing. There are so many variables here that I don't, I suspect that it would have been very easy to miss more than one. Not only that, but we've got players now at the early G4 range at the Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5 Voyager range who may or may not have actually done a core mission built into the game five years ago, Bubba Joe, that for whatever reason today is bearing its ugly head, and that would be Angel in Disguise, right? If you have Angel in Disguise, this loop is inherently better. But for those of you who don't, you know, and, and for example, the other night we were on Twitch, uh, Bubba Joe, and we went out and hung out with, I think it was Captain Jesse for just a little bit, and, and here's Captain Jesse as an Ops 43 who just barely has unlocked the minimum requirements to do Angel in Disguise but hasn't done it yet. And it in and of itself is prohibiting him from fully exploring this loop with his Voyager because of a five-year-old mission. It, it feels like maybe some of those things were, were taken for granted or maybe they were assumed, right? And, and that's just yet another moving piece. I can tell you, and he would tell you, Mr. Tiger wasn't here five years ago. Now, I'm sure that he understands the, the concept of that mission and, and the warp range and all that stuff, but was it a factor in this design? That is something that I'm very, very curious about, and it is another variable, another moving piece in an otherwise very complicated mechanic. And that's a very dangerous thing for... Uh, game design to try and go down to say, oh, well, an Ops 44 should have this completed. And the reason it's dangerous is because they're making an assumption on the play of a given player saying they had to have, if you have not done this, you are going to be held back. And that's, for an open system like this, they really need to be building it for this is what the ship provides. This is what the ship-specific research provides for the ship. And if you have some other legacy research that may make it a little bit easier, go ahead and use that. But we're not assuming that you have completed that to make this loop work. And if they are assuming that you are at the absolute bleeding edge of all of that research and all of that combination of factors, then that's going to hold back almost every player because almost nobody is on that bleeding edge. Or if they are, they're well beyond it with the case of players like myself. Um, just coming to the chat here real quick, Bubba Joe, a couple of questions and, and some perspectives as well. For example, uh, example, Harry says, if a 42 player hasn't done Angel in Disguise, that may be their problem. Why, says Itchy, is that not a fair assumption given that it's such a huge priority in the game? And I don't necessarily disagree, Itchy. If, if I was advising somebody who just kicked Ops 42 to come in and, and what's the first thing we're going to say to them, Bubba? Trader, you've got younglings in your alliance. What's the first thing you say to them when they hit Ops 42? Angel in disguise. Right, exactly. Warp range. You've got to do it. In fairness, DJ, when I got to 42, I didn't have Angel in disguise. Why? It was about 18 missions deep because I hadn't been doing the mission. So you might say, go do Angel in disguise. It's like, well, where is it? 
it's not necessarily something that we keep up on because the missions aren't that important. Well, that would ordinarily be true. I think that that is kind of a milestone, though. At least players who are plugged into creators, players who are plugged into education in the game, uh, know, hopefully, if they're approaching that time frame, that Ops 42 is a major, major milestone in your progression for this game uh, because of Warp Range research. I mean, it, Angel in Disguise really opens up Dark Space. Um, and, and that is kind of a necessity, that's kind of a necessary mission uh, for you to complete upon your arrival at Ops 42. But you're right, some players don't. The casual player may not. The player that's not hooked into content or creators or Discord, that could be a thing. And to Bubba's point, designing an entirely self-sustaining loop, right? Designing an entire self-sustaining loop that has some of these other requirements may or may not be appropriate. I've said uh, many, many times that we should use the tools of this game when we're talking about solo armadas. We're talking about using Cerritos and Defiant and and, you know, now Titan and all these, uh, and exocomps and cloaking. You know, we talk about using all these tools that the game makes available to us to accomplish our goals. Can Angel in Disguise be considered one of those tools? And if so, is it fair for game design to look at this kind of a loop and say, all right, if you want to fully prepare or fully engage at your level there's a couple of other tools that you're going to have to engage in before you can fully explore this piece is that a fair well, thing i think that if you're going to say you have to have done all these other combinations of things to get the maximum benefit out of this like you have to do that to get to the double and triple chest pulls depending on which refinery you're looking at then i think that's fair but if we're falling short of key requirements inside this engagement loop, then I don't think that's fair, right? You should be able to take the ship and level it up to whatever your ops level limit is for that ship and be able to engage in the very basics of that loop without a lot of extraneous other little things. And that the additional research that they provide, the additional research that you may have gotten somewhere else, exocomps that you've had banging around in your, in your storage, all of that, all of that added up could get you to the extremes of the loop, but it should not be a requirement just to engage in the loop successfully. Well, we're going to have an opportunity to talk to him about that coming up here in about 12 more minutes. So before too much time elapses, uh, Mr. Bubba Joe, we should uh, go ahead and knock out our stupid news where today, as you can hear, Bubba Joe is in the car. And despite the fact that his car drives itself, he has deferred. Yeah, I know. <laughs> despite the fact that his car drives itself, he has actually deferred his stupid news story today to the one and only Server 20s trader. So, yes, today, ladies and gentlemen, you will get stupid news uh, from the sports desk from fill-in weekend anchor trader. Let's head on over to the newsroom where it is time for the Talking Trek Stupid News. Stupid News! What the heck? What happened? Oh, my mouse double clicked. Apparently, it clicked twice. <laughs> Apparently, it clicked twice on it. Can I? Can I get it back? Can I? Ah, oh, there we go. Got it. <laughs> it's not the news without Steve Carell. Thank you. 
<laughs> I need. A, I think I need a cue here, DJs. I will. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give it one to you. Good Humor announced last week that they're discontinuing their toasted almond ice cream bar. As a matter of fact, during the last show, we actually played a parody commercial about it. Fans are stunned and now say that the uh, company is totally nuts. <laughs> Come on! What? Now, so it double-clicked first, and now it won't click at all. Now it won't click at all! What is happening? Oh, my, oh my God. First, that was so delayed. First the Chaco Taco, and now this? Yes. What is this world coming to? The toasted, yes. It, this is literally, it's almost one year to the day, Bubba Joe, after Klondike discontinued Chaco Tacos. These ice cream companies are so, <laughs> making so many terrible decisions, you would think they'd actually uh, that they were actually being run by the government. New data. <laughs> <laughs> new data reveals that women in the United States have... <clears throat> have the biggest bosoms in the world. Yes! American women have the biggest bosoms in the world. This is the kind of important story that we love to see uncovered here at Talking Trek. <laughs> Terrible. You're making a couple of very important points there, DJ. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's going to be any other updates to this research. If so, we will keep you abreast of the situation. Researchers! <laughs> Researchers! That's <laughs> oh, awful. Researchers documenting animal life on a stretch of Texas's Gulf Coast shared video last week documenting an unusual discovery, Bubba Joe. It was a safe that washed up on the beach. An, an actual safe, like it was locked. The team managed to actually open the safe, discovering it contained only a single packet of silica gel. The contents of this safe were so worthless they could only be compared to safes in banks filled with American dollars. <laughs> oh, come on! Where's the button now? Thank you. I'm going to just, I'm going to have to keep my finger right on the button. Uh, yeah. So worthless. Yeah, it's funny. All right, Sonic the Hedgehog DK, 3. DK, DK, <laughs> real quick. Did you go with the soundboard designed by Snowbly that didn't. moves the buttons around on you so it's complex? No, my mouse is skittering around. Maybe, uh huh. Maybe, maybe I should move the Blame X. Blame the mouse. Oh. The mouse. Okay. You know what? I've got a remote control here for my air conditioner that I just got in the studio. All right. But I was I set the remote control on on the laptop mouse pad because I have a, a USB mouse hooked up to it. But apparently they were interfering. Strange. Odd. Now look, the buttons work now. Fine now. Yeah, they're working so good. So what you're now. saying is we have a we have a loose nut between the chair and the keyboard? Oh my god, no, it's still not working. <laughs> that just randomly clicked. Yeah, more that that too, Bubba Joe. Yes, yeah, that uh, that could happen. Sonic the Hedgehog three is in development, set to begin filming uh, in London this coming August. Parents will be forced to sit through yet another one of these disastrous movies. But here is a pro tip: before, be yes, there was a second one. <sighs> Before heading to the theater, uh, you could maybe possibly get through it by just making yourself a few gin and sonics. <laughs> Wes Craven <laughs> in other you know, entertainment you news. You make fun of Sonic, but it is the highest grossing video game movie of all time. It was awful. I really did not like it. I I'm sorry. I was I was the most excited. Like the post said, the post credit scene was like the most exciting part of that entire movie. Um, in other entertainment news, Wes Craven's 1982 Swamp Thing 
film is getting completely restored and remastered uh, into a brand spanking new release, Bubba Joe. The swamp creature is so touched up that it now perfectly resembles Gary Busey. We're very excited. <laughs> very, wow. Very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> I was trying, Trader, I was trying to decide what, what celebrity I was going to name in that story. I don't know why Gary Busey just popped into my head. Honest to God, I haven't, I haven't heard or seen or talked about Gary Busey in years, but for whatever reason, this story just it was right there. I mean, look at him. He, it's perfect. Um, a big bear, a massive bear, was caught on video last week breaking into a Colorado home and devouring pork chops from the kitchen of this home, which was shocking, uh, mainly because everybody was just expecting him to uh, head straight for the porridge. No, <laughs> no charges are expected to be filed on behalf of the homeowner. After all, only a few bare necessities were actually taken. Uh, oh I want to point God. out that this Why, is proof DJs? that bears are dangerous. <laughs> are, oh my God. <laughs> This is why we had to start the show early to get this out of the way because Tiger would come in, hear this, and just bolt. He'd just be done. Mm -hmm. uh, United Airlines flight uh, recently clipped the tail of a Park Delta plane at Boston Logan International Airport, a collision that shook both aircraft and startled passengers. Things are getting so violent at airports now that even the airplanes are punching each other, Trader. Video taken from inside the United flight shows the Newark-bound plane slowly approaching the parked aircraft with its wing smacking the tail of the Delta plane. Some wondered if the pilot was maybe drunk or something like that, but then they remembered they weren't flying spirit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's head on over to Trader at the sports desk and find out what's going on in the worldwide world, whole wide world of sports. Trader, what do you got for us? I today? am not responsible for this. <laughs> However, NFL quarterback Carson Wentz is being ripped for posting a photo of a bear he shot and killed while on a hunting trip to Alaska. Carson is a bad quarterback, so he probably posted the photo because this will be the only bear he beats all year. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? It's, it's hard to believe that Carson successfully shot the bear, mainly because he normally can't hit any moving targets. Boom! Ladies and gentlemen, that's your news! Yes! Thank you, Trader. Oh, I that's good. I feel a little dirty after reading that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You know what? Greg McCade says that's why we come here, for Trader to save the segment. Again, <laughs> I... <laughs> I I always give the best stuff, all right, to to my my co my partners, my co-host. Uh Bubba Joe always gets the best ones. Trader now getting the best ones. All right, there you go. Oh, mm -hmm. there you go. Listen, listen, Vodsy's in the UK and even found that one funny. All right. Uh fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh I appreciate it. I had one other one, Bubba Joe, from the other day. We still have about two minutes before Mr. Tiger shows up. I had one from the other day and we didn't actually get to the stupid news. Um, and, and I thought about revisiting it because it's a West Virginia joke, but it's a really sore subject for West Virginians right now. All right. How many of you guys know, uh, coach Bobby Huggins, you guys know coach Huggins. I mean, he's, he's one of the most winningest basketball coaches in NCAA history. I mean, he's a phenomenal coach. We're very, very happy to have him, but you know what, Bubba, he's, he's one of those guys. You just get what you get, right? Like. 
he says some stupid things sometimes during interviews, and he does some stupid things sometimes, you know, in, in the public eye. Uh, and, and you know, you, you get to the point where, like, you have to take the good with the bad, but where's the line, right? I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm really I'm, – I'm very torn about it, Bubba Joe. Go ahead. Uh, you, you came off mute. There you are. I was just saying I agree with you. He reminds me, and, and the name is escaping me, so this is a really bad uh, segue, but there was a football coach who uh, uh, was at Texas Tech and then Washington State and then um, somewhere down south that he just recently died. But he was like that. You'd interview him, and just the most random things would come out of his mouth, and then mm-hmm. he'd come back to football and, and you know start talking about it again. But, yeah, Bob Huggins is just one of those characters. You just got to either – He's just there. You, you you don't like everything he does, but then he wins a bunch of games, and you just kind of deal with it. Well, unfortunately, West Virginia has decided enough is enough. Uh, West Virginia coach Bob Huggins was arrested uh, last week for suspicion of driving under the influence in Pittsburgh. Uh, West Virginia is uh, has been with Coach Huggins for, what, a couple of decades now, right? Uh, but he is now leaving West Virginia. And, uh, and it, it, I wrote a joke about it. All right. I wrote a joke about it, Bubba, but then I was like, you know, this is actually painful for me. All right. This is, I, I personally am a big Huggins fan, but man, you know, like you just keep a microphone out of his hand and maybe hire him a chauffeur and then everything would be fine. All right. Because, because he, he does, he does make poor choices. off the court isn't that true of all of us though if we all took, got the microphone taken away from us and got a chauffeur everything would be fine probably probably that would that would work out i think right? that's like good life uh rule to live by <laughs> right? probably probably so um but uh yeah putt says from a uc fan we already knew what huggins was like we weren't upset when he left uh, West Virginia will be better off now. You know, I don't know about all that. I mean, he certainly is a problem for the marketing department, right? PR-wise, he's a problem, but he's a great coach. Uh, so I, I'm disappointed for that. And his players adore him. You know, Puds, his players love him. Uh, you talk to anybody that, that he's really coached, at least from the West Virginia program. Um, no, and no, and I'm not trying to rationalize it. I, like I even said, Typhon, he's said some horrible, terrible stupid things like you know but just if he would just stick to sports he'd be fine but when he tries to offer commentary all right it's like it's like us Bubba Joe if we just stuck to Star Trek we'd be great but you know when we try to tell jokes in the stupid news it just horribly you know turns terrible uh <laughs> it's awful what are you talking about because I'm always lesson, right yeah, yeah yeah I was gonna say that's a lesson you you have yet to learn however you keep I do keep trying. I will always try. As uh, as speaking does, speaking of people who does, continue, does anyone hear the Jaws theme? I I saw the Jaws theme pop up in our uh, in our chat here. Oh, God, all right. I didn't I didn't have it ready, but but I can do that. I had I had his song ready. Hang on, fine. Hey and I, I have to bounce everybody, so have a great I hate show. You. That's right, because now Mr. Tiger is on the stage, so Trader has to go change into her bat cape. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Creators, good to see you. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you guys successfully uh, guessed a little bit ago, uh, Trader is Mr. Tiger. She leaves, and then Mr. Tiger shows up. Uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you guys all hanging out. So, Dragon Keeper says, who is 
this tiger guy you keep talking about it well ladies and gentlemen allow me to uh to introduce him properly ladies and gentlemen i appreciate you being on the stage of talking trek live where today a very special treat for you is here live on our stage from scopely's game design department the creator the originator the mind behind the magic mr tiger is here welcome sir how are you wow what an entry yeah <laughs> that was amazing uh i'm awesome thanks for asking i appreciate you being here also uh <laughs> his sidekick emperor echo is here hi buddy what's up uh anyway Actually, moving my on. superior my superior yeah okay i am definitely not mr tiger superior <laughs> by any means <laughs> Uh, Echo is here uh, as well. We appreciate uh, you being here. Although he told me he was going to be here primarily just to make sure I behave myself. So um, that being said, I, I would like to. I will drag you into the principal's office again, DJ. I know I've been there like twice in the last two months. All right, um, Mr. Tiger, welcome, buddy. How are you? It's been a minute since we talked. The last time you and I got a chance to talk uh, with the people was back at the at the launch of Bajoran Deep Space Nine. That was your your last big. Uh, interview and your last big feature that you came to talk to us about. How has life been since that time? Great question. Um, busy. If I had to summarize in one word, it's been busy. There's been a lot going on. Um, lots of initiatives, lots of things to tackle, but it's been good. It's been good. Um, anytime I'm developing games and working on cool stuff, uh, I tend to get a little bit passionate about it. Uh, I don't know if sometimes people can tell. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm super excited to talk about Everything we're going to talk about today, hopefully a little bit of Voyager stuff. I know there's been some comments here and there. It'll be interesting. It'll be a good discussion. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we're very, very excited to have you. So we should uh, dive right in because I know the, that you're on a tight time uh, frame today. So let's talk about Voyager. This is one of the things that, yeah. that you've been spending a lot of time on. This was um, your project. Now, I know when you talk about game design, and maybe very briefly we can lay this out for, for folks who are hearing from you for the first time, uh, when we say that you are the, the, the creator of the Voyager mechanic, we're not talking like you one person like writing all this out. Like You coordinate a team that, that's working. Can you give a quick bit of insight into the game design process for Voyager's uh, mechanical loop specifically? How did that come about with your, within your team? Yeah, so it's fairly creative, creatively open, which is awesome. So we'll sit down. Um, Every month will basically be a different team working on that release. So me and my team, we were working on the release for the Voyager ship. We basically sit down, decide what are we trying to achieve? Obviously, it's a new ship. Why do people want it? Where are they going to use it? What does it do? Is that interesting? Is it not? Right. And we're also constrained with our technology. How much new technology do we have? Um, what are some new ideas? How do we try something fresh with existing tech? All this kind of stuff, right? So we'll sit down and we'll come up with basically a flow. Uh, gameplay flow. Think of it like a flow chart. Player will do this, and then they do that, and they do that, and they claim this bundle, and they fly there, whatever, right? And we came up with this massive, complicated spider web of ideas, just tons of stuff everywhere, and we kind of narrow it down to what is the most interesting. Now, I already know what people are going to be saying, well, why is it so complicated? What's going on? Well, that's fair. We had a lot of ideas, and one of the things we wanted to do is how do we try something different? something that feels a little bit different. And to do that, I think we, we went a little far, <laughs> to be honest. But no. um, I think a little far, but we wanted to try, <laughs> how do we combine things that haven't been done before? 
uh, or in a way that feels a little bit different. And it ended up getting a little bit big. So if we shipped what it was on day one with a massive spider web, that would not have been good. So we trimmed it down to a much smaller thing and still, I think, a little bit too big. But I'm very proud of what the team delivered um, based on where we started and the iterations we went through. I, so that's I'm, kind of the way we do it. You sit down in a room, brainstorm, come up with some ideas, narrow it down, and lock that in. I, I will kind of observe, uh, and even here in the chat, I know that a lot of the feedback has been loud, that it's complicated, and, and you know, from yeah. a from a strict observing standpoint, th that's probably fair, right? It's probably accurate. It's certainly more complicated than any other, uh, any other loop that we've got in the game. But there are some players. I don't know how you know, how majority they are or even minority they are. Um, but, you know, there, there are some players out there that appreciate it. I know Looser kind of likes it. I like it. Uh, Griffin likes it, you know, because it is something a little bit unique and different. But, um, but it is obviously very, very large, right? And so for some players, uh, I think they look at this and wonder, and this will kind of be uh, maybe leading into my first question, Mr. Tiger. This is, at its core, right, we're a mobile game. But when we look at some of these mechanics and some of these, uh, like, like this Voyager loop, it just, it does feel big, right? Maybe that's the intention. When you guys are looking at this uh, and developing features and things like that, from what perspective are you guys looking at that? Are we looking at it from a casual gameplay perspective, or are we really, really looking at, like, console-type engagement or PC-type engagement? What is the... Uh, the driving motivator for you guys when developing, for example, this Voyager loop, did you guys think that this would be a casual loop for the casual player? I wanted it to be as intense as possible to absolutely drive everyone insane. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did it for a second. Uh, when it came to this loop, the core intention was trying to allow players to make it their own to some extent. Now, that, that's easier said than done. What I, and what I mean by this is, if we gave you guys a loop that was, go kill a bunch more hostiles in that one system, that's it. Quite fun. I, I don't think you guys want that, okay? I, I just based on what I've seen, I, I don't think people want to go kill more hostiles. So one of the things we wanted to do here was, there's options. There's different ways to play. Um, and also within those ways of playing, there's ways that make it feel more fun. For example, you know, the traders spawn, the survey ships in this space. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that cool guy. I can go hunt that guy. I want to target him. I'm being a little bit more active and not just going somewhere, clicking on it, mundane, same old thing I've always done everywhere else, right? So one of the goals and one of the reasons it got a little bit bigger than maybe it should have uh, is that we were trying to like, oh, well, what if they could mine a little bit here? And they, like your actions aren't just the same thing over and over. You're doing a bunch of different things. Now, Due to some of the restrictions in the time gates, I, I think it, I'm very proud of what we made, but I think I would streamline it more if I were to do it again. And that's one of the great things is every time I go through the process of trying something different, in this case, it was trying to give players more ways to play, we kind of learn what works well and what doesn't. And I think that it was just seen as there's a, there's a little bit too much to unpack. As a designer looking at it, who's looked at it for months and months, it all makes sense, right? I look at it like, that's pretty simple. You do this, you do this, you do this, cool, done. As a player, and with our communication tools in-game, that's not always easy to extrapolate exactly how to do it. So rather than there being depth of play, it feels like, well, I have to do all of this stuff, and where do I start, and what do I do? And it can be confusing. So we totally get that, and we're trying to learn from that. But the idea, and I'm never going to lose this idea, is 
Have players make it their own. Don't just force them to do something specific. I think we want to strategize. We want to try different things. And I think that's kind of part of the fun in a game like this. Well, let's uh, expand on that. That's actually really, really interesting. Uh, in particular, when you talk about you want players to have options. Like It does kind of explain why there are hostiles that drop rare loot, for example, and hostiles that drop biotoxins inside the cell-gated systems. Uh, that does kind of maybe make a little bit of sense because there's been a lot of controversy here in the chat. What's better, grinding the hostels, like Wham says, or mining, like I'm trying to do, but then you're, you know, we got the mining nodes that disappear and, and don't reappear for 17 months. So, you know, we've got some of these. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, but there has been a lot of discussion, even here within this chat, as to what is actually better. Right? Is it grinding or is it mining? So it's interesting to hear that. So let me ask you this question, which comes straight off of our list. With the design and the intent of kind of how you built this within options, right, or within player choice, can you explain, like just start step one, if somebody were listening to this for the very first time and just bought Voyager, can you explain the loop as you built it? What are players supposed to be doing as they run through this loop and as they progress throughout this this PvE experience? Sure. Um, the intention of the loop is, step one, you don't have the Voyager. If you want it, you're going to fly to the new Delta Quadrant space on the northern side of the map, and you're going to fight the Herogen hostiles there to get loot, and you can exchange it for a blueprint. That's all you got to do. Okay? Go kill some hostiles. Over time, you'll get the blueprints. If you have the ship... This is where things get a little bit more complicated. Um, you're going to want to basically think of it as a three-phased approach, okay? So the way I intended the loop to be work, to, to work is you have an action you can participate in daily. You have an action you can participate in every three days. So a three-day, uh, a one-day phase, a three-day phase. And the final phase is more like a weekly phase, but it is six days. So let's say a six-day phase. So you have three different points of engagement. And I didn't want you to have to do all of them at once because that's too much at once. So if you're looking at the Voyager and its loop as a package deal, there's a lot going on. However, as a player, you only need to engage at these different points. So let's start in phase one. Phase one, daily engagement. So you have the Voyager. You want to fly into the, the new Delta Quadrant space, again, northern side of the map. And you want to just Explore the systems there, go as far as you can with your Voyager based on the research and your warp research, and destroy hostiles. Crew up. Um, I like to personally use a loot crew, but you can use a, a, whatever crew you want. Maybe you want to kill more. I like to kill less for, for, for higher loot. However you want to do it, you just want to kill those Herogens, destroy those Herogens, get their loot. That's all you got to do. Once you've gotten that loot, you can claim your bundle. Okay, That's a one-day bundle, so every day you can claim it. I personally like to go... I don't know, once every week or once every three days, stock up on all this loot. And then I can claim that that bundle every single day still, but I don't have to manually go fly out there every day because it takes a while to get out there. So the way I designed this loop is you have a choice there where you can either fly out there every single day, you can kill, destroy these hostels, get through loot, change your bundle, or you can go stock up on a whole bunch of loot because there's no limits, and then exchange your bundle every single day without having to fly out there. That's phase one. During phase one, one of the fun things you can do is you can look for the survey ships. 
if you happen to find a survey ship, that'll drastically cut down, obviously, on how many of the targets you have to destroy. So always be looking for those. We also gave you kind of a chance when destroying those surveys to pull some sweet rewards, the commerce insignias, which I'll talk about later. So that's all you got to do. Phase one, kill hostiles. And you don't have to kill many, by the way. It's about 15. Um, or less if you kill the surveys. So then we move into phase two. Every three days, your second action is now summoning the hidden hostiles. So using your Voyager ship, if you've been claiming your bundle every single day, you've been getting the, the canisters to use on the ship ability. Now you can use those canisters to reveal hostiles. This is where I would absolutely recommend do not crew for um, destroying hostiles better, but crew for maximum loot. Crew for the maximum amount of loot because these are kind of you know the more rare ones. So you're going to fly again as deep as you can into space. Rather than destroying the regular hostiles, you're going to have your loot crew destroy the summoned hostiles that you're spawning in, okay? Get the maximum loot from that you can. So every three days, you're going to go and summon as many as you can. If you've been doing that well, you can kill about nine. Okay, so every three days, you can go kill nine of these hostiles. So every day, you can kill 15. Every three days, you're going to kill nine of these um, 8472 kind of loot ships. And then again, that's all you got to do is you claim your bundle with it. That ends phase two. Phase three is where the mining comes into play. So yeah, there's a lot of steps here, but they're all contained, right? Think about it this way. In phase one, you kill hostiles, you claim bundle. Phase two, you kill hostiles, you claim bundle. That's it. Phase three is you're now going to travel to mine. So if you've been claiming your bundle, your um, Species 8472 bundle, you can normally do about one refine every three days, or um, you, you always get a little bit of extra. So it actually ends up being more like, one refine the first three days, two refines the second three days, one refine the first three days, the next three days, etc. So you tend to go one refine, two refine, one refine, two refine, if you're maxing your loot. If you're not, it's totally fine, just do one. Either way, phase three is now use the travel tokens from that refine to go into the token space in Voyager, uh, in the Voyager space, and collect samples. Now, here's where things get a little interesting. My intention was you only need to collect common samples and you're only supposed to do one to two refines in the refinery. That is not actually how it ended up working out. Um, but the rare samples were entirely, if you happen to have bonus um, cargo space or if you bring a different ship in there or whatever you're doing, you can collect those rares as a bonus, but they weren't supposed to be a requirement of the loop. It was entirely focused on collect the commons, okay? That's going to be a, a, a whole hot topic, I'm sure, in the chat. But the idea was only collect comments uh, and then do your refines. And then again, that's every six days. It goes on cooldown. You only have to fly in there two times with the two travel tokens you got in the last two bundles from your 8472. And you collect the resources there and you go exchange. So you have three different points, one day, three day, six day, where you're doing three different actions, which is destroy regular hostiles, destroy summon hostiles, mine stuff. Okay. And that was the intention of the loop. So let me let me come back and hone in on on one or two questions uh, clarifications here within the second. Let, let's go back to phase two, okay? Uh, where which is the the warp cell redeem for for redeeming the biotoxins. Now you had indicated that you feel like players should have probably looked at like a single refine and then a double refine with some with some surplus and then kind of alternating there. What yeah. we are seeing is there's a large number of players at a specific ops level that are uh, that are able to do 
three chests. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of players are are wanting to do that triple because that ends up kind of pretty much giving them one warp cell a day. It maximizes the number of cells that we can use to get into the systems for phase three, but specifically focusing yeah. on phase two. If, if your design was to have players kind of bouncing back and forth between one and two, why is there a third one there? Fair question. Um, think about it this way. If a player wants to engage more, right, we want to allow them to do that. Now, in this case, the canisters are exclusive, right? But in the future, we don't know that that'll always be true. And also, if someone decides they want to go to the store and buy a pack to support Scopely and to enjoy the game more, we don't want that loot to just sit around and do nothing. It's nice to have an option to, to go deeper if you really want to. So it's more of a stretch goal if you're heavily engaged or if we reduce costs in the future, right? Like maybe the active ability right now costs 500. In the future, it could be dropped by something, right? And now it costs less. So you can do more of that. So we want to have it be scalable to some extent that you don't just max it out and sit there. That said, I don't know that that philosophy always works well because the way it can be perceived, so there's the intent, but then there's the perception. The intent is that it's a stretch goal that if you happen to go crazy and you just got a ton of loot, you have something to do with it, right? But the perception often is, oh, that's something that looks like I could, I'm come close to it, right? Like I could almost get my second refine. I can almost get my third refine. I want it now. And if I don't get it, I feel bad about it because it feels like I'm missing out, especially because of how tight the the samples were for mining, right? That's a whole other discussion. But because it was so tight, the the value of those um those travel cells feels like it's more required than it is a stretch goal. And I think that's where things got a little bit dicey, right? So the intention was obviously it's a stretch goal, and that's why it's there, so that if you happen to to go deep into the into the game and buy a pack or reduce your costs, that you have something to do. But if the reality is the perception there was, I think, um, it outweighed the positives. Yeah. So, um, DJ, may I follow up there? Please, yes. So if it was an, if it was a stretch goal, why have it be a separate resource, right? Why require people? Oh no, no, no! To... Hang on, hang on. You're, you're. We're still on biotoxins. We're still in the warp cells. All right. So hang on. I know where you're going with the stretch okay. goals with the rare. But right now we're talking about the the triple <laughs> yeah. chest of the warp cells. Uh, now the same question will kind of apply here in a minute. Uh, so we we. We'll come to that piece of, of, of follow-up in a second, but you're telling us... I'll hold by. Thank you. You're telling us, Mr. Tiger, that your intention mathematically was for roughly three cells every six days. Ballpark. One... Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds about right. Okay. Wait, sorry. Would that be right? You get one and then two. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, three one years. on the first three days, two on the on the second three days, and then and then restart. So you're thinking roughly three cells every six days. So let me let me fast forward in our list of questions then, if you don't mind, because this is probably a huge, interesting conversation that you can have um, you know, with us and amongst your team when we're talking about stretch goals or overflow mechanics and, and Bubba's going to ask you the same question when it comes to this rare loot here in just a second. If how do you think players or, or Scopely should approach overflow or stretch mechanics? Like it, it seems like maximum refinery pools should be what we as players, like if we see it, we want to do it. Right. If we see the three cells or if we see the max pulls on the refinery, uh, then then we feel like 
it's there. There must be a way for us to do it, right? So we're trying to figure out how to do it. Um, yet, what you've told us and what Echo has told us and what we've seen from communications, uh, and even with the refinery adjustments that you made halfway through the month, is that it certainly maybe doesn't feel like it was intended for us to do all this maximum stuff, but they're there. So what can Scopely do, or what should players expect when we see these multiple refinery options? Like you had mentioned, maybe there will be a path down the road So should some of these options be available now, or is it a a matter of just kind of knocking it out at one time so you don't have to come back and add extra refinery options? What can we do here to very clearly set the expectations on what is expected versus what is stretch? Mr. Tiger, do you mind if I step in here for just one quick second? (laughs) Sure. I think it's just communication, DJ, right? instead of it being a perceived, I should be able to do this, if we just outright say this is the intent, that clarifies a lot of things. And there's also been a lot of talk in the past, like, you know, with certain features not scaling, which Mr. Tiger is trying to, you know, actively think about the future of something. Um, I know it's different and that there's a very robust history of features and things that have come out in the game. And I think that if we just communicate those, if I communicate those things with the community, with you you and the rest of the content creators, it kind of just makes things a lot easier. And, Am I wrong and, on that? Well, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> look, I, I want to speak to this. <laughs> this is becoming a full debate. I love it. Um, I think it's the, the answer here is subjective, to be, to be honest. So to start off with, I, I'm not going to speak for Scopely. I'm going to speak as an individual who designs stuff. Um, I think that we need to know our audience. And when we look at the Star Trek community uh, at the game, people who are playing this game, I think the desire is you guys want to solve something and get it done. So if I give you a stretch goal you literally can't reach, whether that's communicated, please correct me if you disagree, but whether that's communicated or not, there's some part of your soul that's just like, oh, I took a hit to that because I could do it everywhere else. And I think that that's a responsibility that we have to navigate in some way. So I'm not saying I would never want to do a stretch goal. I just, I would really want to think about what does that mean so that it's perceived well? Because if I go into a place where I'm participating in only half of it and there's just a third option that's constantly there, it just, it doesn't feel good. How do we make that feel good? I, I don't want to step away from stretch goals. I think stretch goals are good, but I want to make sure that those stretch goals feel like stretch goals, not like I'm missing out on a necessity. That to me is the core thing to tackle. Well, I think that is actually a, a, a beautiful perspective, and, and one that we've talked about on the show, Bubba, uh, is are we as players expecting all of this stuff to be, you know, within a, a reasonable expectation, easily completable, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe some of this stuff is overflow, or maybe it is uh, stretch, and, and I wonder, though, you know, I, I will kind of come back to Echo's comment about communication. I, I, I say that you're kind of wrong, and but at the same time, I don't. If we know about this stuff early, the communication on how the loop is meant to be played, I don't disagree that, that like this conversation here with Mr. Tiger would have been much, much better on like day four or day five of this arc, right? Like now, and part of that was on me because he actually was, was wanting to come last week. But, but – Having that earlier would have been better. But on the other hand, 
Mr. Emperor Echo. Like not everybody engages with content. So there's got no, to be right. there's right. got to be either, you know, better in-game, better patch notes, better something. I mean, or or even labels in the game. Like for example, I saw a player mention this earlier about just naming the bundles, right? Like the first bundle would be optimum. The second bundle would be efficient. Number three could even be labeled stretch or max potential. Are these types of things possible within the scope of game design and and, and the UI experience so that players can kind of understand what is meant to be completable and what we kind of have to work towards eventually or down the road? Or maybe there's going to be tools because – Mr. Tiger, I would be willing to bet you a hundred bucks that this is not the last time we ever see anything that impacts this loop. There's going to be efficiencies. There'll probably be skins one day. There could be primes down the road. There's going to be stuff that changes how we work through this loop and probably gets us more loot faster, just like everything else does in the game. And then those extra bundles are need are, are going to need to be there. But here in month one, for whatever reason, the players do feel like, oh, I've got to do it all. Right? What if I just name it the Ripper <laughs> Bundle? Because it's the dump. You get it? The trash can. <laughs> oh, God. Where's, well, where's the I, mute I, button? I think, oh, come I, think, on. I think Echo's actually onto something here. And I think it's something that I've seen in other games. It's not always put together by the actual game company because it's a little bit of work to do. But it's something that's done by people who are passionate about the project and so can say, hey, here you go. If you have a Voyager, a tier one Voyager can go do this in the loop. But if you happen to have a Valdor and a tier one Voyager, here's how you might be able to engage in the loop. You might be able to get two sets of double chests as opposed to one because you can hit different hostels or you can do this other option. And then players can extrapolate on that and go, okay, well, maybe if I got my Voyager to tier four, I could do this loop more efficiently than I can do it with my Valdor, or maybe it's tier two or tier three or whatever. But saying, here's the loop, everyone gets to use the loop with their with their ship that they have brand new out of the gate, here's the basics of engaging with the loop. You as a player at Ops 42 instead of 34, or you as a player at Ops 50, or you as a player at Ops 39 may have a different option available to you to engage in this loop, and you may be able to enhance your experience with some of these other chests as opposed to a player that is going to do the very basics and fundamentals with an introductory starship. Well, I don't disagree with that by any means. I think that there's just always a balance, right? Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just for me being here for you know over a year, I think that there's a large portion of people that like that mystery, like trying to figure it out. You know, DJ crunches the numbers, you crunch the number, they do the math. And if we just go out and we give answers to these questions, we're sort of robbing people of that. Um, and it takes away from the experience a little bit. Now, I'm not saying less communication is better. I'm not. I'm just saying this is just something I personally have been thinking about because, you know, I've seen people come to me and how excited they are about like, oh, have you tried doing this? Like with this Armada crew instead and seeing dividends, right? Um, so well, that's just so there's a difference. Nice there's a difference in between you've introduced a new hostel or a new target. To absolutely. Me, that, and absolutely. I'm trying to, and, and 
this is the basic functionality of what we've introduced. Like, for example, if we were to go back two months, there should have been something that kind of really outlined how Formation Armada is going to work. You're going to get a chest if you defeat it. You're going to get this second chest if you if you defeat all three. You're going to get this third chest if you started it, right? That really there are FAQs on help shifts that come out every single launch about these things. Along but there with was there was a lot of trial and error as to what actually was coming in those chests, what chest okay. meant what, right? So you don't have to explain the Armada crewing. You don't have to explain how you defeat the nodes, but an, an understanding of the loop itself, right? You're going to need this resource to do this loop. We expect you to be able to farm one chest of resource or two chests of resource each day. We're not going to say how many hostels that is. We're not going to tell you what hostels to hit. We're not going to tell you what crews to use. But this is the vision. This is the what we think is going to happen. And I, and I think your point of communication is really going to go a long ways in that. And that's still going to allow players like Jules and Blue and DJ and other people to be able to go, all right, what is the best crew to go hit these hostels? Or what is the best crew to go... What's the best system to go hit these hostels? Should I be using the Voyager? Should right. I be using this other ship? Where are those breakpoints between going from a Voyager to a Valdor back to a Voyager? Those are still the sciencey things that that and DJ, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that DJ and Blue and Jules really, really enjoy. But we've spent most of the arc just figuring out the raw numbers of how this loop actually works. That isn't fun to anyone because that's just the fundamentals of the loop. The fun comes in. Try this crew. Try this crew. Should I mine? Should I hit hostels? That's the science that's fun. Got it. Me... Uh, yeah, I think that we can have like a dev note even in the patch notes being like, the developer that created this, this is what they want you to know about this going into the feature, like in the patch notes very easily. Um, I also think yeah, something like is really interesting on that point. Sorry, I don't know. I think this is a good discussion. One thing that I thought was really cool, actually, that we were talking about here is... The distinguishing between intended flow and stretch goals, right? If I if I drop a patch note that says, I expect you as a designer to claim two refines, let's say, instead of three. The three is just, you know, you, you don't, it's not intended for you to get it all the time. If I say that in a patch note, I think we should be aware of like how many players are going to go read that patch note and remember that. I think I would rather it be something inherent to the game experience in the game. So here's an example. Well, I think I think DJ said this, which I loved. What if it was just a separate refinery card that had a label on it saying stretch goal? And you can claim your regular one. Maybe it only has two refines because that's what I want. I don't want you to be baited. But if you go into the stretch goal, you see that it's a much larger number. You see that it's called stretch goal. You don't have that perception of I need this. It's clearly marked as what it is. And I think obviously don't, don't diminish the the note about putting in the patch notes. That's good, but that's a start. I would like to move this also to the game experience. So, you know, I'm Joe Schmo who doesn't care about any of the forms. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I just want to play some Star Trek, man. I can load it into the game and I can play and I can enjoy it. And I think that's also very, very important. Also, like, not to put down Joe Schmo. Like, you'll have fun, Joe Schmo. But, like, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, any player who's not necessarily heavily engaged on all platforms can still enjoy the experience without getting confused. And I think that's also important. Um, I wanted to redirect a, a question back to you, Mr. Tiger, that Bubba had kind of touched on. And I know that, that you and I have very briefly, like just last week, kind of mentioned this in, in chat. When, when a community member such as myself or Bubba or Jules 
tells a player or is analyzing your feature and says, Voyager is not the right ship to use. Is that what you guys, it, it can't be what you guys want, right? Like, I would imagine within this Voyager loop, you would ideally like us using and upgrading the Voyager, right? Does it bring you enjoyment to see players experimenting with strategy of other ships? Or with as it pertains to this loop, is it ideal for players to want to use and progress with Voyager? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle ground on that. Like, at the end of the day, it's a video game. You guys got a whole bunch of cool ships on your accounts. You should be able to use them. If we release a feature that says you can only use a new ship, like, uh, there's a place to, like, make things interesting and try something different. But, like, it's kind of also charming in a way watching people try different strategies. I, I like that. And if anything, I'd want us to embrace that a little bit more. At the end of the day, though, we also do want, of course, people to see value in their Voyager and tear it up as well. So if I can get players, I think Bubba was saying this, to, like, in tandem use my one ship that I already had, and then also use my new ship. That's kind of the ideal. I, w I want players participating in the game because it's fun, not because, oh, it's a new thing, and I have to check off this box of the new ship to participate. That's not ideal. To be honest with you, that's not ideal. And I think it's just a hybrid is my personal favorite approach there. Interesting. Okay. Because, you know, we've had players talking about that. Jules and Blue have talked about that. Wham has talked about that. Wham is grinding hostels with a Nova to get his rare loot because well, that's, that's just shameful i don't know how, how you're gonna do that that's that's too much that's but... what he's doing man if you want to go for it <laughs> he's doing it because because he's driven towards that rare refinery so let's circle back to to one of our earlier questions let's come back to phase three phase three is the mining piece right the common the rare the nodes like let's go through the building of this you said that the rare wasn't even originally part of this process so why did it come in what was the reason for that and and tell us a little bit about how you built these refineries because i can tell you right now just looking at the refinery it's very clear to me that the common anomaly refinery that was meant to be the meat and potatoes and ripper had kind of even mentioned it on a previous show it almost feels backwards right because the rare should be rare it should be special it should be more valuable it should be it should be you know better but in this particular case it's actually not it's there for a little extra but the meat and potatoes is absolutely in the common refinery can you talk to me a little bit about the design process there what your intentions are with the rare and and go through phase three sure uh so obviously yeah you're right the the commons are the important part um but i wanted people focusing on for sure when it came to the design, we started with only commons. It wasn't common. It was just collect anomaly, anomaly samples. Um, likewise, when it was Herogen Hostels, it was just destroy Herogen Hostels. One of the things I wanted to try here, the first time I've done this in a game loop, was how do we add more engaging actions? So this, is, this is the philosophy I kind of came from. I want people to not just go do a thing. But to kind of think about it and get excited over interesting things that are, are more dynamic than just, I did thing, check it off. So this brought about the addition in the loop 
of the survey hostel that can spawn. Because as you're farming your regular hostels, you're like, oh, shoot, there's a, there's a cool one. I'm going to grab that guy. So that guy was born from that. And then also we added the rare samples, which was as I'm collecting my samples, ooh, there's a cool rare one. I should go grab that. Now, this, I think, just it came down to a balancing thing where it, at the end of the day, it became a choice. Due to the cargo capacity on the Voyager, it became a choice of do I take X or do I take Y? And it wasn't a case of, oh, that's a cool bonus. It was more a case of, do I want this one or do I want that one? I think that's where I, I'm not content with where that landed. I would, And that's also one of the reasons we dropped the refineries down quite a bit, especially the first roll. So you guys know by now we dropped the cost down for the refineries, but we extra dropped the cost down for the rare one on the, on the first roll of the chest because that was supposed to be kind of a, a bonus, not that hard to achieve. So hopefully... Um, with the current state of where the balance is, it is a lot easier to just check it off. Now, that said, I think there is still some sacrifice made because it's directly competing with common samples, which, you know, means, well, maybe I get less commons now, right? So that discussion is still valid, but the philosophy we came from when designing this was, let's make the play space more interesting rather than just show up and click on a node. And I still stand by that, and it's still something I want to maintain, and we, we definitely got a lot of learnings from this of, like, what worked well, what we would want to change in the future. Would you say that the rare anomaly samples correlate to Bajoran edicts? Because you built that, you built that loop as well. <laughs> yeah. Is, is uh, are they kind of the same thing? Like it's just meant for a little extra drip and not meant to be the focus of of the loop. I didn't realize how generic and predictable I am as a designer because, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, it's the reason why we added edicts, and it's also the reason why we added rares is trying to just add a little bit more. I personally find, and I do play the game, believe it or not, quite a bit. I find when I'm playing the game, if I just do the same thing over and over and over, just to check it off the list is not interesting. But when there's something else to think about, some bonus this, some special that, it makes it more fun and memorable. And that's what I want to drive towards. So in your opinion, as the designer of this feature, you would advise players to take the rare if they see it, but your money is in the common anomaly sample. Your, the, the big payoff of this feature is, is in the nodes, by the way, that we're mining very quick. I, I will say this, and, and that was kind of what clued me in also as to what the meat and potatoes was, because you've made the mining speed of the common uh, of the common nodes so crazy fast. I mean, we're talking seconds, which if I'm going to mine actively, all right, because, oh boy, I hate mining, but if I'm going to do it, I'm very, I'm very content doing it for 60 seconds and going home. So I, I very much like that particular piece of it. Um, would you say to a player who's who's having eyeball spasms right now at the fact that they can't get a rare node that your intention is for them to engage with common and take the rare as it comes? Absolutely. That was the intention. You go there, you fill up on commons as you're doing it. If a rare happens to spawn, get excited, grab that boy, load it in your cargo if you want to. But it was never meant to be something that you have, you're supposed to do both. I think the the perception landed in the area where the way it feels to play is I need both of these chests. And not only do I need both of these chests, but I need to maximize both of these chests. In hindsight, I don't even think that the rare chest needed a stretch goal. Like it just, it just needed to be a one-off claim. 
So we're obviously not going to change that now and remove it, but it just it didn't need it. It just needed to be a one-off thing. Hey, you found the thing, you're good to go. And in fact, the number of samples required could have been way less. Um, and then we'd probably have had to make the spawn chance way um, less prevalent as well to account for that. But still, I think that we could have done definitely um, a more smooth approach to that. I do see the chat kind of agreeing with you that that the double pull of the rare refinery, even now, still to this point, seems like it's probably relatively impossible here up front. And, and maybe a single chest was probably the way to go. On the other hand, Bubba, six months or 12 months or 18 months from now, when you have 100 billion rare loot, you'll be looking for a way to spend it. And that's why I kind of wonder, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to share this with us now, but I am sure that you could assure the players that there will be other tools that are presented over time that are going to enhance and even make this loop better and easier down the road, right? I won't talk specifics, but I'll say the ex-Borg faction exists for a reason. Not just in terms of, oh, we're going to add something new there, but the philosophy of things get easier over time. We want people focusing on where they find the most fun. And if they don't find fun in something, we absolutely want to make it easier over time to emphasize the fun part. So that's my stance is, yes, we want to be making the emphasis on the fun. Yes, things get easier over time. So expect to see that hopefully with the Voyager as well. Can you speak so, just for a, a second or two? And, and then, Bubba, mine... Okay. You know what? You, yeah, you come in right after me because mine is going to be somewhat similar. Can you speak just to a, a, for a second or two as to the spawn rate of the rares? I know you had mentioned, you know, the, the commons are what we should be focusing on. If we see a rare, go ahead and jump on it. But some players have expressed, and even me, you know, I don't know if you saw that, that screen test I did the other day where I drank 25 common nodes and never got a rare to spawn. Can you tell us a little bit about the, those spawn rates? Maybe not specifically in numbers, but... I mean, are they are they meant to be pretty rare? And then I saw, like, I got a screenshot here where there were, like, all 10 nodes in a system were all rare uh, from a player on, yeah. a, on a specific server. So tell us a little bit about the math of that. So the first thing I want to say when it comes to math stuff, I, I never want to solve anything unless it's something that needs to be solved, right? So this is, a, for example, it's a fun thing. I, I don't think that the actual percentages matter, but what I what I will say to you is that um, if you've ever went to like a Latinum mining system or other similar system, and you notice that sometimes those nodes spawn at like double release rate, you know, they just, they're, they're rich nodes. They give you way more. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but um, the spawn rate of getting a rich node in the Latinum system is the same spawn rate of getting a rare node in no space. way it is no and, and, way. and when i saw your stat yeah it is and when i saw your stats i couldn't help but laugh because you were more than three times over the average of that spawn rate so it's ridiculous and it's bonkers and to be fair um there's no philosophy that forces a note to spawn right? there's no like mercy mechanic where after a certain amount of time it, it will spawn right so you can just roll unlucky that whole time but the spawn rate to reiterate is exactly the same as getting a rich node in the Latinum system. Finally, wow. RNG strikes DJ like it hits. Wow. Me. <laughs> I, I mean, I've done it twice. I did I did like 15 nodes yesterday and never got a rare. Are you freaking kidding me? It's the same as the super Latina? Oh my god. There, I, so, you know so here's, the, here's, here's a really interesting thing. I love this about game design. Okay, there's pros and there's cons, but 
because the value perceived of getting a rare is so much higher than the kind of, oh, cool factor of pulling a Latinum Rich node, even though the chances are the same, the perception and the emotional feeling, and by the way, also you have stats behind this, so like there's there's more than that, but there is also the, the psychological component of because the perceived value is so much greater here, I feel like I need this versus that's just nice, it makes it feel more heavy on me when I don't roll that. And I don't think that should be discarded. Wow. You know, okay, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Tiger, and I love you to death, but I swear to God, we've got to double check with engineering just to make sure that there's not something wrong here. Because I'm telling you, man, I've done 50 nodes and not gotten a rare. I mean, ooh, there is a bug. There is a bug. There is a bug when I come off the node, and and like I'm, I think I sent you that screenshot, Emperor Echo, where I am not on the node, but it still says I'm on the node. I've sent you that. Like maybe that I I postulated that that was potentially, possibly a rare node trying to spawn, but it's like bugging out because it still says my ship is on a node, even though I'm flying through space or I've recalled out of the system. I'm, we'll have to circle back to this one tiger because holy cow if it was if it was the same spawn rate as as super lat nodes i would i honestly would have absolutely zero complaint none <laughs> uh, i'll tell you this the spawn rate's higher than 10 percent. guarantee that is that is, th there's it, so, it's so there's something to be said about it's that. Broken, no, it's broken, Tiger. It's broken. I think you just got hit with RNG. Keep trying it though, for real. Because like I've also had the experience where I genuinely want commons, and I just keep getting rares. But in my personal game, I I've been flying my Voyager, and like the whole thing is just stocked with rares. Like I had to actually dig some rares out for oh getting access God. to commons. So it, it is very very RNG dependent, which in hindsight's not great, because there's there's there's, there's drawbacks too where if you get over spawn rate of rares and nobody wants them suddenly you can't even do your loop with comments right so yeah that's mind-blowing right there that that is a piece of news bubba joe that i was not expecting to hear go ahead with your follow-up when you you were asking about the rare and the and the currency and so forth and then i want to well, shift gonna, into something I'm, else yeah so i i think that the thought here in the chat that you know, there are people like, well, just get rid of the second chest. There are already people that are storing up millions of these. Now, they are the apex player, right? They're like Wham. They're doing this with a miner, so they can get a lot more cargo. So I don't think I think those players would feel like their efforts have been invalidated if you were to remove that chest. So while I'm sure some people would be like, just remove it because I'm never going to hit it. There are players that are doing what they can do to actively hit that chest. I think removing it at this point would be a disservice to them. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't want to remove it at this point. It is the stretch goal. I think it's important to to communicate that to players, though, Bubba, to say, hey, don't feel the pressure. And I think that's what Mr. Tiger just did. Don't feel the pressure to do this, which is kind of, Bubba, how you and I have been kind of approaching this for about the last week to 10 days. I even did a show on it. I got a lot of PMs after that show. What do you mean don't do the rare? Don't stress out about the rare. Just don't. I, I, if I so, was stressing out about it, I'd be laying in a hospital bed with a heart attack right now because I've spent 50 sales and not or not 50, but a bunch and not gotten any, any freaking rare. I, I just can't concern myself with it. And now we're hearing that, like, 
the common is exactly what we thought, Bubba Joe. It's the meat and potatoes. It's got the full pull chance. It is the one that's paying out better shards. The rare is just extra gravy if you happen to get so, it. But I do agree it needs to stay because some people are going to are, are already actively working for the stretch goal. And, and I think that that is exactly what Tiger is saying is like, listen, if somebody is going to be the apex player, if somebody's going to put in hours and hours and hours like Wham is grinding hostels with a Nova, all right, if he's going to put in the hours and hours necessary to do that just to get the double rare pull and get those extra 10 shards, good on him. I'm not doing it. It's not worth the time to me, you know? Right. So so here's the problem that with the th the game design theory, and I'd like, to, I'd like to have this discussion with Mr. Tiger for a second. So you're saying that the intention is that players should have about three cells every six days, right? Which would be five days for the one chest for the other. We'll just call them both six, but three cells every six days. If they fly into a system and they opt, they find the rare, right? Which is a almost impossible to find. And they see that rare there and they go, great. I'm going to go get the rare because they're intended to only have three cells. That means they are sacrificing the uncommon because they don't have enough cells it's not like they can just go get the rare. They are sacrificing the ability to do the refine that they need to do that is a core part of the loop in order to get this rare. So if the rare was randomly popping up in a non-token system, that's different, right? Because then you, hey, a rare popped up. I can go farm that rare, and I've got this extra little bonus. But now, because it's a different resource, you are sacrificing what you should be doing and again it's player choice fine so people are going to say that and and i think they're stupid but they're going to say that's player choice <laughs> well i was but just thinking intention, i was literally just thinking it like shouldn't you as a your player your intention shouldn't you as a player know this loop your intention to facilitate this loop is they are going to go in and not do the thing that they're supposed to do because you've made this super rare thing happen that so, so my question is, is why have rare in the first place? Yeah. Why so not just make it a lot more common? Why not make it the one, two, three, and then this premium chest is, hey, you've gone the extra mile. You have tens of millions of this resource now. You have the ability to facilitate this chest. This is really, truly an overflow. How, yeah. why, why make it a separate resource that is so hard to find so that players are then having to sacrifice what they do to try and engage in this thing that is really intended to be a bonus. So there's a lot of layers to this. And by the way, like really good questions in here. So number one, why is it a rare? Uh, I want to tackle that first. The, the only reason that I wanted to make this a rare, and I think rare maybe in hindsight is not the best name because it comes with implications of, oh, it's common and rare is the next thing. I'm, I should go for rare. It doesn't feel like a stretch goal. It feels like a, you know, a better thing, which I think is a problem. However, the reason why it's unique and not just a common is that I wanted to have visual flair. Okay, you fly into a system, it's like, oh sweet, that's different. Grab that one, that looks cool. So in theory, no, it didn't have to be a new resource, but in practicality, I think it is, it's more meaningful that it's different. Now, where this becomes a problem, to one of your other points, is the competition between these two resources, right? I'm sacrificing, and to be fair, like you're working with limited cargo space here, I'm sacrificing my common potential for rare potential. That is accurate. If I were to change something, I think we would switch this the other way around because right now rares take more commons take less i think it should actually be 
rares take less and it's just a case of like getting a tiny little bit of space in your cargo right i i don't want there to have to be a strong demand of choice i think that there's some amount of choice is kind of cool the amount of choice i was hoping that people would navigate is every time i go there i grab a little bit of a rare so that i'm always getting my one or two refined of commons keep in mind i never wanted players to be getting max refines i wanted them to be balanced around the one rule of the common okay so if they're getting the one rule of commons anything left over if i see a rare, i want to fill up my cargo with that that said that puts pressure on the players to do that math to calculate when am i safe when am i not and i think that tension is just a little bit too great so if i could if i could simplify that interaction i would but then again, like we don't go back and just tweak things, right? It is what it is. I think the lesson is learned. So we did bring the cost down. We did try to alleviate some of the concerns to the best of our ability. But that's why there's still some tension there. I hope that answers those questions. I want to um, follow up on one thing real quick with regards to the warp cells, uh, which Jules and Blue and I have discussed, and, and we can even see here in the chat. As of this point, you're telling us that the, the true – intent with regards to the warp cells was three every six days so if we're talking about like the fact that we're trying to do these triples every three days uh to get in essence one cell a day on average you're saying that that is already more than what was intended and you're not thinking that you would increase the flow of those cells correct okay. um so hold on hold on whoa, whoa, whoa. sneaky there's a the little ending part the, it, it is correct that I didn't want people going maximum on the chest every three days. Mm -hmm. It is incorrect that I'm not considering more cells. Mm -hmm. Because the way I view it is we are where we are. When we design something with all its intent, whatever it is, and it goes out, it's not going to be exactly as we wanted, right? Like mass players are suddenly participating. They all have a widely different experience. They're going to give us feedback, which is awesome. So that really gets us thinking what should we tweak right we're not going to go back and change things because as you establish like players some of them are doing the second refine we're not going to go delete that refine we're not going to change things drastically but we are going to look at what should we do should we add more tokens should we reduce cost of the refinery which we did should we do these things that make the experience better based on what the players have turned it into because i believe personally that as a designer you create an intent you ship an intent to a huge player base and they make it their own. They now own that design to some extent and we have to kind of see how are players engaging rather than, oh, you're doing it wrong, let's fix this. No, I think that's the wrong approach. It's more of, oh, here's how they're having fun. Here's how they're engaging. How do we enhance that? So I wouldn't put those two together, the, the, the refined intention and the fact that we may or may not add more sourcing for tokens in the future. Okay. Uh, I've, I know we've only got probably five or six minutes left, but I've got two more questions that I really kind of want to dive in here. Um, and, and I'm not even sure which one to go with first, Bubba Joe, because I feel like we might only get one in. So let me, let me ask this, uh, and, and then if we've got time, we'll, we'll circle back around. Um, there are extra Borg, uh, an extra Borg currency that Scopely has not discussed at all this month. Uh, there's been very little sourcing. There's been very little information that's come out of these, what I'm going to refer to as super scouts. Can you tell us a little bit more about these locked Borg systems and were they even intended to be content this month or, or is there more to come with these or, or what's your thinking with these, these Borg cells? Ooh, I like this topic. This is a good topic. Okay. So, um, 
earlier I was talking about we designed a loop and then we added the surveys. We added the rare samples as kind of extra details. This Borg mystery, let's call it, is an extra layer to that. And I'm not going to say whether or not it's going to expand, but <clears throat> may or may not be expanding in the future. Um, and the idea behind this is there's more to do than just show up and do the quest. So those Borg systems are completely unrelated to the loop other than the loop sources your entrance into these dead systems okay uh i'll say here you guys probably already know this but when you destroy a species 8472 you have a chance of getting these special travel tokens to go to these places okay this is not part of the main loop it's just a fun place to go one of the things i was thinking about on this loop and the team was thinking about on this loop i should say is it's the Voyager, man. You go, you go places, you explore things, you find things. I don't just want to give players a loop and say, go do this, go do that. Give them a little mystery. Give them something to dig into and solve. And that's kind of where that comes in. It's just a fun little place to go and experiment and see what's there. And if you bring the Voyager, you should definitely try using your anti-cloak ability there. Or your reveal hostile ability there, I should say. Um, and see what happens. And just enjoy it. And there's no serious stakes with it. It's not this big crunch the numbers i must get this must there's no refinery nothing it's just some bonus stuff okay. so go have fun with it and something i want to do more of in the game this is the video game right i really want to emphasize this we want to enjoy it we want to discover so i'm not going to tell you anything else about it i'm just going to tell you that it's there for fun and it's not important it's just go have fun with it so <laughs> I'm having trouble with that answer, Tiger. I'm such an analytical person. Let me I know. <laughs> let me let me answer. Let me let me ask this follow up. Sure. You, and you kind of hinted that there would be more with this over time. Do you think it's wise for players to spend their Borg cells right now having fun, or is there going to be something tangible with that in the future? So when I said there's going to be more, I mean more details like this in our designs is my intention anything i work on you can expect to see kind of these mysterious well, what is this go spend your stuff don't hold on to it don't hoard it go enjoy it um we're not going to like add some cool thing that you missed out on if we decide to do that i think that's not a good approach but if we do it we'll make sure that the path to get there is easier um go have fun okay uh may interesting I, may i have the last question dj uh please go ahead uh mr tiger um when you're designing new content, what is the intent behind designing content that discourages people from making it better and advancing it? Oh, Sorry, I don't think I understand that question. Yeah, I, there you, is look, allow me allow me to, to clarify, Bubba. That's exactly what my last question was going to be, um, Mr. Tiger <laughs> specifically. And I actually sent you this, so it's question number three on my list. There are specific spots within the progression of Voyager, where it feels like there is an inherent punishment for progressing. Like when we have done all this math and, and looked at all these charts and everything, we have, for example, determined that tier three is a really, really safe spot, as you had mentioned earlier, to, to maximize on your common. That's the meat and potatoes, right? Uh, and then some refinery changes happened, and depending on your ops, therefore your warp range, Tier 5 ended up becoming kind of a new hold point. Mr. Tiger, our analysis, and, and Bubba, correct me, Jules, correct me, our analysis has indicated that 
there really is never a point that it becomes good to tier the Voyager beyond tier five or tier six. And and that, I think, is what Bubba's asking is, is it potentially a miss within all the moving parts that is designing? Because obviously warp range has got to be just a bane of your all's existence. Ops and warp with the specialty ship and these new systems and not destroying the other facets of the game. I'm sure that there's a lot of factors you guys have to keep in mind. But there is mathematically, like even, even if the refinery scaled much more drastically than it does currently by tier, then maybe you could justify it. But there's mathematically no incentive to progress beyond tier six. I, I, it, to take it to tier six or beyond, I would actually be getting less rewards out of the refinery because of my potential of the biotoxins and the potential of the deuterium canisters, et cetera, et cetera. It's physically not possible to enhance my payout beyond tier six. It, it actually becomes less. And, and I think that might be what Bubba is asking. Did you know that? Is that intended or is that a pitfall or is there something that needs still a slight tweak there with regards to biotoxins or warp cells or deuterium or, or this or that? So no, that's of course never intended, right? We don't want people to just have a ship sitting there at a certain but, specific tier. But even if, even if we just talk about just fundamentals, right? With the exception of the Titan, every loop has done this, right? Every loop has said, we want you to use... So tier A or tier B or reputation A or reputation B spend X resources to get Y result. And then the next time you go up, it's spend five times X resources to get 5% more Y result, right? Yeah. And in this case, we're talking about parts. We're talking about shards of artifacts. We're talking about research particles. Um, and that's the problem, right? So yes, I could go up a tier. But now, instead of being able to do the double refine, all I can do is the single, which means I'm giving up an entirely 100% loop by going up in tier because it's costing me so much more. So is that something you guys think about or should you be thinking about when you're designing a loop? Because it feels bad as a player to go, why in the world would I want to make? And there's no going back, right? I can't go no, to for tier. sure. Yeah. I can't go from tier six. I want to go back to tier five because that's where I can sustain the loop. So how do you fix that gotcha from players' perspectives? Oh man, I really screwed myself over in doing this. How do we how do we how does game design try and prevent that from happening in the future? Uh yeah, it's a good question. So there's a, there's a couple layers to this one. Obviously, that's not the intent. We want people. And to I know we're way over time. So I apologize. No, 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 it's all good. no, no. <laughs> this is a good question. I don't want to just like abandon on a good question. Like I really like it. Um, so personally, on the Voyager, from what I've looked at, I see that the ratio of cargo space to resources required for refine gets better. The higher the tier is, the bigger your cargo is, and the more you can actually store to do your refines. If that's not the case, which I feel like it is the case, but I just don't think the delta is big enough. So players crunch those numbers. And I think the other thing is, how far can a player reach in the system? If they can't get to the, let's say, higher, tr uh, higher transwarp cell tokens, 
then obviously for them, they're, they're going to have a harder time doing it. But if they can get there, the ratio should be improving every single tier. And if it's not, that's just, just a, mis, a mistuning on our part. There's no world in which we ever want a player to say, oh, I hit tier three, I'm going to sit here for a while. No. I always want players to feel better about it. Now, I think one of the things we could have done better on the Voyager progression specifically is making the delta between your previous tier and your current tier feel more impactful. I think it's very close a lot of the times. And there could even be some cases where, and I haven't seen like a ton of evidence on this. It's just more perception thing. Mathematically, it might not work out for you. So I, I totally get that. And what I would do in the future is make the delta more obvious. Um, I, I guess my, my follow-up to that is what do we do about this loop? I mean, there, there are, there are some problems, uh, the the biotoxins now of course community I, I do want to come back uh and and in all fairness he said that triples weren't the intention it's the stretch so if we can't get yeah. there all the time then then so be it i think bubba brought this point up on a previous show mr tiger and it and it bears kind of uh, repeating is if it is a stretch goal regardless of whether or not that was the intent like you say uh, this is how players are doing it. If I can do three chests here at XYZ tier, why go to ABC tier if I can only do two pulls? I it I would be paid less, right? Sure. I, yeah. This is what they want to say on that, though. So that the approach that I see being used here is is skewed towards specifically artifacts. Okay. If you care about anything in the commerce bundles, which personally as a player, I value ship parts and other, like if you're someone who went and bought all those things already, sure, whatever. But if you're a free progressing player, I absolutely, like if I'm sitting at tier three, I don't even get G4 parts. What am I doing? So if you're looking at it just from a mathematical artifact standpoint, maybe there's a world where it makes sense. If you're pushing the boundaries of what we intended and going for the max refines, if you're just doing your one refine, and you're actually participating in claiming those commerce bundles, you want your Voyager teared up. Full stop. Like, not even but, telling that I'm, I think we should debate. Like, that's just obvious. But you get fewer of those tokens. You get fewer of those redeems because you're doing fewer of the other, um, of the other refines, right? So yes, I agree with you. There is, there is a, a player, and we haven't spent enough time talking about it, and we probably should, that those bundles for the specialty ships especially, maybe not so much for the others, but we can talk about that. The specialty ships, those are good bundles, and players should be continuing to advance them to help progress those loops along, and I completely agree with you on that. But you're getting fewer of them. You're getting fewer of those tickets if you're doing fewer of the refines, right? So why would you take a step forward to get fewer refines to get fewer of those tickets? Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Um, I think every player is going to have a slightly different um, result on the math behind that. For me, I felt it valuable to go well beyond tier three on my ship, mathematically speaking. But I, I understand it won't be the same for everyone. So that that is, to be honest, though, like we could debate about it all day. It's not the intention, right? It's not what we want out of a ship. Uh, and we will do what we can to adjust to make sure that the perception and the mathematics line up, for sure, um, to a reasonable extent. But that's not what we ever want to ship uh, any ship to do. Okay. With with I, I, regards to and because I know we're out of time, with regards to yeah. this refinery, you guys have already laid out one set of refinery adjustments, uh, which were very well received. Okay, N nobody's complaining about those. Um, it 
it does still leave the pre-existing problem of I can actually get paid more at earlier tiers than I can at later tiers. Are you guys open to further discussions of refinery adjustments or did you do you feel like your first set was ample? So hold on. The refineries we adjusted with the samples, but the refineries that we're talking about right now are the species 8472. Is this correct? Uh, Because the 8472 sources the tokens. Yes, uh, and and that's kind of what what we're talking about. So the the species eight four seven two biotoxins uh, become a problem to do the the triple pulls, right? Like, and this is this is part of an A to B to C to D to E to F mechanic that that is more challenging because oh, if there's a oh, breakdown yeah. at part at, at at intersection C, it affects D E and F, right? So what we're finding. Okay, and, and, and we did this on stream the other night. For me to go to tier six, for example, makes it no longer possible for me to do the here at tier five, Mr. Tiger, I can do a triple refine of the biotoxins every three days. I know that wasn't your intent, but mathematically I can do it. All right. I sure, can yeah. pull enough biotoxins to do a triple pull and get three cells every three days, which gives me on average one a day. Okay. Going to tier six is mathematically impossible for me to do that, okay? So if I am now down to four cells every six days instead of six cells, that inherently diminishes my opportunity. And what Bubba Joe is talking about with the commerce tokens, it reduces the opportunity uh, for me to do those extra refines while increasing the costs of the refinery. So now, like, for example, at Tier 5, I'm getting six cells a week, let's say, six cells a week, and my refinery costs are X, so I can go find the common, find the rare, come back in and do, let's say, a triple common and a single rare, right? But then I go to Tier 6. What happens is my refinery cost for the anomaly samples goes up, pretty substantially so does the required number of biotoxins so much so that i can't get six cells a day so now i'm down to four cells uh oh sorry six cells a week so now i'm down to four cells a week which means i have two fewer trips to get the anomaly samples even though the anomaly samples requirement has gone substantially higher i am in effect punishing myself by increasing my refinery costs, and decreasing the number of trips that I can make to get... Well, let's also not diminish the cargo increase too, right? Because um, when you tear up, you're going to get a nice chunk of cargo, so you can carry more. So the, I think that there there's some valid points in there, but I think the math is close. It's not like this, at least to, to me from what I've seen, it's not like cut and dry. Oh, it's just bad. It's kind of, where am I at? What do I want? That seems to be more of the, the way to think about it. So in an ideal world, I don't want it to be where I'm at, where do, what do I want? It should be always have value. Um, but that's kind of where the ship landed, for better or for worse. So we can learn from it for sure. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are significantly over our time. I want to thank you very, very much, Mr. Tiger. These kinds of conversations are always uh, really, really fascinating to kind of see into the design space and and hear from the 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 team and the people who actually created this um 
have you done a project since Bajoran or was this has this been what you've been working on for the last few months? Uh to be honest, I don't remember. It's I'm pretty sure I've, I've worked I, on things. I, I know you've <laughs> yeah. worked like on some things, but like I think your last big project, like your last lead, was Bajoran. And uh and I do see this in the chat. Some people really, really uh enjoy when you uh when you come and talk. Triple Tom says that he wants you to design every feature, please. Uh, because we like uh, some of the stuff that that uh, comes out, at least with with regards to uh, the mechanics of it. What uh, do you want to give players a hint as to your next big project? I mean, this is out, Voyager's out, so you get to uh, you get to take five minutes to breathe, and it's on to the next project, right? That's not I fair wish. to ask him something like that when Echo's already gone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this: I, I won't tell you what I'm working on, but what I will say is. I love these dialogues, whether I agree or disagree or whatever, just the discussion and hearing from the side of players. Like we read forms, we read, you know, threads, we read discord, but when it's in voice and we have to have a dialogue back and forth, I really, really appreciate it because that'll help inform what we do in the future. And yes, well, I'm sure we'll work on more ships in the future. And yes, I'm sure me specifically will be working on another ship in the future. I'll be working on research in the future. I'll be working on other things in the future and we can take these learnings and apply them directly. And it's so much better when we're in a voice call with well-articulated thoughts and planned out uh, discussions than just reading a thread. Because it's very easy to, to misunderstand a thread or not see people coming from only get half a story or an emotional response. So really, really appreciate not just having me on the show, but having a meaningful dialogue. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff we talked about here that I absolutely want to address. And one of the problems is we don't always have the space and opportunity to go make changes to things that are done, right? People have already spent money on it. People have already spent time on it. There's expectations, there's this and there's that. There's, there are some things we can do, but it's much harder. When it comes to building something new, we can come with a much stronger approach having done these kind of retrospectives of sorts. Just players, love talking with you guys. You know what we should do? Oh my God, you just you just did it. And I'm so glad that Echo's not here. Here's what we should do, Mr. Tyler. <laughs> oh, no. What we should do is, is you just like do this kind of panel for the upcoming feature that way we can reiterate and feedback and it comes out and it's beautiful and perfect just, that's a great idea in yeah. theory but oftentimes the features don't come into play until much later in development until it's done and we can't don't have a chance to to no. make those pivots so we should have these discussions not to diminish <laughs> not to diminish we should be talking about it but it'll be more high level right like i come in here and i'm talking about the specific nitty-gritty details of the voyager we don't have that luxury on other things we're working on right because it has to come together and then it has to ship and there's a lot going on right so um in theory yes in practicality it's not quite so simple but we shouldn't diminish that that thinking because i think that thinking is strong we should be talking about at least high level where we're going mm -hmm. get feedback right well i very very much appreciate it and uh and i thank you for being available this month it would have been ideal for me to get my act together and get you in earlier next time we've got a feature that comes out with you uh i'd very much like to get you earlier in the arc so that we're not 20 days in by the time we actually kind of get a feel for for what you had intended with this thing i'd love to get you earlier next time and i thank you uh so so very much for making the time to uh to be here uh i have Pleasure. one very simple question which would be an interesting little factoid how long have you worked on this uh this has been a big project i think you told me it's been months right that you've been working on this feature yeah the, the voyager specifically so it's never one thing alone okay so our initiatives are split ac across a variety of things especially like 
um, across the team, right? I'm, I'm doing other things, I'm not just working on the ship. For the ship, though, it's been on my mind, let's say, for a good two, coming up on three months now, because I didn't, I didn't stop thinking about it when I went live. In fact, I've been thinking about it more since it went live, just seeing what people are thinking about it to take that forward. So I'd say about three months total. We have like a, a pre-production phase where we know we're making a ship. We know what it's going to be. And we figure out, oh, what does it do? What are the expectations? Blah, blah, blah. We kind of refine it and then we build it and then we ship it. And then it goes live and we start to monitor. So that whole process from kind of beginning to where we are now has been about three-ish months, maybe a little bit more. And that's not just the ship, right? I think we think of a ship as just like one thing, but it's like systems where are they going to live how do how do the systems work how are we going to reveal those systems hostels what do the hostels do how do they function how do we make them cool you know every eight rounds after eighth round you blow up like we have to decide all these small details too right and then also the research tree is it good what's in the research tree how do we make it feel meaningful so there's a lot of things that go into kind of just like a ship so that whole package deal was about three and three and a bit months yeah uh do, do you have time for one more doesn't have to be super detailed but Tell us a little bit about the the extra finding players bases because I've really enjoyed that. <laughs> like hey, that's, been a, question, that's been a fun. Go. That's been a fun little. I know I keep doing that. That's that's what Echo always says. I keep doing one more question. Um, all right. Well, this is the last one more question. So the question was, how did we come up with this ability? Or like, can you ref can you rephrase yeah, that to well, me? Well, just like where did uh, what what prompted you to create mm, this ability mm. attached to the Voyager? Okay, okay. Great question. Love this question because it shows a little bit more of my personality side. Maybe this is bad. Um, I love giving players tools to, maybe troll isn't the right word, but like to experience more of the game, to try things, to, to, to build, to set traps, to get revenge, to engage with one another socially. I think that's the best way of doing it. So that's one of the inspirations from this ability was, what if that annoying guy, and this is kind of a personal thing here, who keeps hitting my minor all the time. I know who you are, but I don't know where you live. Now I do. And as a player, I wanted that. So I figured, well, if I want that, it's a good chance a lot of players want that. And I'm also the guy who pushed for the um, automated defenses, which was, hey, I set up my minor and it's a trap. Haha. Now that one, obviously, it, it, it's a little bit more like, well, it's just safe because you can see the icon. But I Turn am the off of the icon person. and it's a, it's a great trap. Exactly. I'm the type of person who wants to build towards a world of traps and setting up and spiking and revenge and just that level of social interaction of making the game your own and like getting that satisfaction of just taking down that bully. Like, you know how satisfying it is when you get a crew in place and you take out that big, huge ship who's like twice your power, who keeps beating you up and you destroy the guy. That's pretty cool. Let's be real. That's pretty cool. I want us to do more stuff like that. And that's where the idea came from was what if I could get revenge? Not today, not tomorrow, but I know where you live. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the evil Mr. Tiger. Oh, yes. Griffin, literally, in the last 20 seconds, he proved without an irrevocable doubt that he does, in fact, play this game. Nobody, <laughs> Bubba, you cannot deny it now. All right. We now have a definitive proof that Mr. Tiger does, in fact, actually play the game. Uh, thank you very much. Mr. Tiger from Scopely's Game Design and the originator, the creator, and the project uh, leader for the Voyager Mechanical Loop. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be on the stage of Talking Trek today. You, my sir, are a hero. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. 
Guys, we are going to take a very quick break. When we return, we'll break it down. Bubba Joe is going to uh, analyze some of our answers, and we're going to see what you guys think here in the chat as we uh, wrap up and now break down our interview with Game Design's Mr. Tiger. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. We'll return after a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. Hang on. Today's show brought to you in part by the Musgrove Trial Firm in Georgia. Have you suffered personal injury in Georgia? You need a buddy. Give Buddy at the Musgrove Trial Firm a call. 678-226-1994. Visit them online at musgrovetrialfirm.com. Hey guys, time for a little shameless self-promotion. We stream live on Twitch and they've just announced a new promotion to help grow our channel. And like always, we're giving the extra revenue back to the community. What is the key? Simple tier one paid subscriptions. Sub to our Twitch channel today for as little as $4 and some change with a multi-month recurring subscription. And turn your name gold in our Discord today, plus get access to extra emotes and badges. If we hit 350 paid tier one or better subs for July, August, and September, we're going to give away $2,000 in packs in October. On top of the normal prize giveaways that we always do. In the year 2023, Twitching Trek has given away over $5,000 thousand dollars in prizes and we're ready to ramp it up subscribe today by clicking the link to our twitch channel from our website and be a part of the success of twitching trek and increase your odds at winning some free packs along the way the goal is 350 paid tier one or higher subs for july august and september so subscribe today watch our streams and win your share of thousands of dollars in packs eligibility starts july 1st so act now and win with twitching trek and ultimate dj's plays.com this program is made possible in part by a grant from Fib Newton's Little Fruit Filled Cakes that aren't nearly as good as we say they are. Hi there, how can I help you? What's everyone drinking these days? Well, we have the usuals, you know, Bud, Bud Light. Uh, I don't know, after all that, you know. Okay, we have Modelo on tap. It's America's new number one beer. Wait, America's favorite beer is a Mexican company? Hey, heard you guys talking beer. Actually, it's owned by Anheuser-Busch, so it is kind of American. Yeah, but they only own Modelo that's sold outside the U.S. What? I'm confused. Right, but technically Anheuser-Busch was bought by a Belgian company in 2008. So Modelo's a Belgian beer? It's a beer made in Mexico, kind of formerly owned by an American company that's now a Belgian company. I'll just take whatever has the highest alcohol content. Spoken like a true American. Tonight, on an all-new Unsolved Mysteries, we tackle the question that has the sports world puzzled. When did Aaron Rodgers become such a wackadoo? This guy sat in a dark cave for four days straight like some kind of bat. Now, he's batsh** crazy. Join us as we try to study the quarterback's peculiar behavior. Did you see the way he was dancing at that Taylor Swift concert? I don't think I'm ever going to be able to shake it off after watching that weirdo gyrate. Is there hope for the future? I've been a loser Jet fan for way too long. I swear, if this guy tries getting our offensive line to do that ayahuasca, 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 you know, the drug thing. Unsolved Mysteries, the Aaron Rodgers story. Plus, he's friends with Miles Teller. Forget yellow flags, that's a total red flag. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. We don't need any more stoners in New York.
Welcome back, everybody. I appreciate you being here. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, and uh, the return track is from the Japanese house. Maybe you're the reason. Bubba Joe, the month of June is Pride Month. Star Trek Fleet Command has fully embraced it as we do here at Talking Trek Live as well, uh, celebrating Pride Month and uh, wishing much love, respect, and, uh, and, and good vibes and feelings to all of our fellow commanders, regardless of political or sexual affiliation. Right, Bubba Joe? Like, isn't that just the thing? I, like, I think, I think the name of the event sums it up very uh, accurately, which is uh, taken directly from Star Trek. Infinite diversity in infinite combinations absolutely it's not not for any specific group it is it is for all groups and all people to uh work and and play and organize together uh in a fun and safe environment so it's infinite diversity and infinite combinations and i like it very very much um and and i appreciate except uh, wardod uh, except yes, uh, Wardod does not fit into any combination anywhere. Okay, uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it it is important to kind of acknowledge. You know, Sunday, uh, w- without having uh, an opinion or offering uh, any kind of personal insight, I, I, you know, the Infinite Diversity event popped on Sunday, and there were uh, a lot of people that were that had opinions on whether or not it should be an event or whether or not they should have the avatar or whether or not they would want to have the avatar, this or that. And, and I kind of come back to like, it's just one of those things that, that Star Trek has always been about, which is inclusion and acceptance and safe space. And I just kind of feel like we can all coexist here inside this space uh it, it's not necessarily um about whether or not you agree or endorse or support or this or that it's just respect for other people as humans to live their lives the way that they choose and uh or or the way that they do without your judgment necessarily and well, and i feel like that's an important thing for me to express to our audience which is hey you know like how I choose to live my life is, uh, or how I do live my life or the decisions that I make in my life are, are mine. And fortunately for most of you guys, most of you, maybe some of you, I don't know. Fortunately for most of you guys, the, the impacts of my decisions don't, uh, have repercussions for you. And as long as that, uh, remains to be the case, then I feel like it's, it's very appropriate for us all to have, our safe space here uh, inside this video game that we play for entertainment. Uh, and, and you know, I, I, I think I, that should I, be a thing. Yeah, so I, I there was, and I saw a comment in the chat, um, there was a lot of, not a lot, but more than a little of people that were upset about this event. And there were a number of people that would like, have liked an opt-out. And I think the answer to that is... Really, this should have been a go claim your free prize. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. If it is so against your beliefs 
to even have this avatar, then that's fine. I heard people say that that by forcing them to have it, that that was not part of the infinite combinations that it's supposed to represent. And I get that opinion. I don't... I don't... I don't personally believe that, but I understand the opinion of I want to not this is goes against something that I believe in and I don't want to have to participate. And they, I saw some people say that they hated that just sending a help to an Alliance mate meant that they were going to score in this event. You and know, so I think you know that in the future, about that. something that I, I think that in the future, something like this, that could potentially be politically divisive should be something that is just a claim it if you want it or don't, but it's, it don't like, I understand that players feel like it was forced upon them, but I think that from Scopely's perspective, I love that they did it. I absolutely love that they did it. I want to 100% encourage them to doing it again, but I think it is important to allow the players a choice. And you know what's interesting about that? If you had made it a gift, who wouldn't have claimed it? I have have a strong opinion on this, because if if we're talking about choice, right? Here's the thing. Scopely regularly does things that are specific for Americans that have nothing to do with Europeans. Still, we don't get the choice not to do them. So this is the same thing. Just go with it, my opinion. Yeah, go with it. There you go. <laughs> Just go with it. And, and you know, if you don't want to support the Avatar, kind of like Trader said, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, it it's... It, it's just one of those things, and and I thought that it was I thought that it was uh, appropriate. Um, Star Trek has always kind of tackled some of these issues. I mean, you know, can you guys are liking you guys are liking Strange New Worlds, right? It's an amazing series. Let me just tell you, last week's episode, Bubba Joe, was incredibly powerful, very uh, socially. Uh, had a lot of social implications, okay? I felt like that episode was so Star Trek. And I'm sure that it's going to upset some people. It's probably the first time that Strange New Worlds has really, like, has really gone into something very social. You know what I'm saying, Bubba Joe? I'm sure you've watched it. Have you seen it? I have. I, I I think this is probably the first episode where they've gone into. Talking about episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it was the first time. No, and I'm not giving you any spoilers. I'm just telling you, it had a message. At least it, it had a message to me. All right. It was a moving. It was powerful. It was insightful. There there was some power in that episode, Bubba Joe, and um, and I think that. That's kind of the way Star Trek has been for a long time. Did, tell me about that episode. Did you did you like it, Bubba? Because I was enthralled with that episode. I thought it was really powerful. Well, so I can't. What can I say without giving anything away? Um, Star Trek has done this episode before. Mm-hmm. Right, like almost exactly if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
And, yeah. Yes, uh, they have. Karthik, that is 100% not true. And I have I have some DVDs I can show you to, to prove it. Um, no, so I, I, I personally think the first time they did it, they did it better. But this is a very, very good episode, and it re-invites the discussion of what the bringing it all back to a current yeah realistic this is an issue people should be thinking about and talking about and i enjoyed that absolutely um so i think that uh i i think that it's it's again i i'm trying to remember from season one if there was a another i think there were a couple of social like this is this is talk tackling a social issue maybe not but yes this was definitely that and i thoroughly enjoyed it but i there has been very few misses for me in strange new worlds um, oh yeah it wasn't it, a miss it has been it was a absolutely... great episode well I, I just all of strange new worlds is such a high bar um that this is definitely uh gonna be recognized um like a lot of the social challenging episodes this is going to be recognized as uh, one of those landmark episodes, I think, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it it was good, and and I think it it comes at a very appropriate time uh, when we've got these events in game, and and there was a little bit of controversy about it. So I just thought I would touch on that very quickly and and let everybody know, uh, you know, without taking a stance or anything. This this is just one of those things where, like Ripper said, just you know, just go with it if it's your cup of tea. Hey, you know what? I you could look at it like I look at Mining Monday, right? Meh. <laughs> All right. If it ain't for you, it ain't for you. We could look at it just like some of you guys look at PvP. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's okay too. But there is something for everybody, and and everything can't be for everybody. All right. Uh, so I would just kind of like to uh, to to run that up there, Bubba Joe. We just had an amazing conversation with game design. I really, really wish that we had the opportunity to have this conversation three weeks ago. I really do. Like, I, part of this is scheduling. I part blame of Echo. It, part of it was, no, it wasn't Echo's fault. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I, Bubba, I told you, like, last Wednesday, we had the opportunity to to do this last Wednesday, and, and I couldn't make it work. But really, it, it needed to be the Wednesday before. You know what I'm saying? It needed to be the Wednesday before. So uh, I really, I hope that we can get our, our poop together, um, that the next time we get, um, you know, a feature like this, uh, we can get somebody on early. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To really kind of talk about it. Because they're, they're, Bubba, let's just look at this. Now that we've seen the insight, now that we have heard his intention, all right, which we are clearly, as a community, we're already surpassing his expectations. And I might point out, we did the same thing with Bajoran. Bubba Joe, do you remember? Like, we were talking about, like, he was talking about being able to do a single uncommon chess pull every four days. And we as a community were trying to figure out how to max it. It's, it, you know, he joked about being predictable as a designer. I can see the similarities, and I can see the community's, um, I, I can see the community's effort to circumvent that math, to, to find a better way, so to speak. And I'm wondering now, Bubba, now that we've heard his plan, 
now that we've heard his math for the way that this arc is is presenting, do you feel better about the fact that we can't do triple refines beyond tier six? I mean, I don't know that it really does yet. Because there, the, so, the fact exists that we can still do more at tier five than we can do at tier six, right? Yeah, so so I, I appreciated his perspective of what they were intending. And and this is something we were talking about before he came on, is that there's there's what Scopely, you know, says, Hey, this is what we're putting out there, and they're gonna put you know, they'll let's throw out some stretch goals to see if players can get to them. And what has always happened in this game and basically every game that has ever existed is the players take that as a challenge, right? They want to see if they can figure out some efficiency, some combinations of ships or officers. Like, think about when the um, when the Cardassian Armadas came out. Do you remember when the Cardassian Armadas came out? Yeah. And players figured out, you know what I can do? I can defeat this with a bunch of Enterprises running Gala. Right? And game design freaked out, right? We don't want you defeating this with, you know, a bunch of G3 ships running a, defeating a level 55 or whatever because of this. And so they, they immediately pulled Gala, re-enabled it, um, and, and then uh, changed the uncommon so that there was still this, you know, the, the, the uh, rares and epics could hit harder. Um, or I may have that backwards, I don't remember. But anyway, so players, though have infinite more time just the players as a community have an infinite more time than the designers do there is hundreds of thousands of players and there are say 10 designers i don't know if this is the exact number but it's it's like on that order right and so the players are going to come up with these strategies and these options and they're going to feed information to you and to rev and to know on and 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 all these other community and they're and you're going to get the information to Jules and Blue and me and and all of us are going to you know start to compile this information and come up with what are the best strategies to attack these things and we're going to do that so quickly right now if they'd have made it so that it was just a ho hum loop and so there was only a one chest option or only a two chest option then I think that the loop would have been a little bit easier to, to, to comprehend, a little bit easier to kind of swallow, say, hey, I can go do this. But it also wouldn't have been as interesting, right? So we enjoyed the challenge of trying to maximize that loop, and the players are always going to go for that. But I think that, you know, whether you value the artifacts or you value the pulls, those tickets, or you value uh, just upgrading the ship, there's not enough of a difference going from tier to tier to justify the step back that you have to take in the refinery, right? And so the players, once they figured they could maximize at tier A, and that once they moved to tier B, they're not able to, there wasn't enough of a change in the rewards for them to justify doing that. And so I think that that's, that's a complicated problem for game design to try and figure out. It's a complicated problem for game design to say, here's the Voyager, this is the thing we intend to use. Oh, but you have a Dideridex, so how are you going to engage this? How are we going to help? How are you going to? How are we going to force you to engage in this loop? And how are we going to limit your advancement so that you just don't maximize everything on day one? Right. So, 
they made the loop, as I've said, unnecessarily complex, but definitely complex so that you had to kind of work with all the different tools you had available. But then I think that they really missed on the tier-to-tier advancement, right? The refinery didn't go up. So let's say, so we've kind of settled in tier three is a good place to settle. But let's say it's starting at tier three and you go to tier four. Instead of getting 100 of those little tokens, maybe you get 125. Well, now, okay, so maybe I can't get three refines. Maybe I can only get two, but I'm getting 250 instead of 300. Maybe that's a justification I can make. Or maybe it's 133 instead of 100, right? Because then, even though you might be getting a few less refines, you will eventually make up a little bit of those. But as he indicated, he feels that the commerce bundles carry significant value. And you've even said, even for the specialty ships, they do carry significant value at higher tiers. So, yes, but you get fewer of those bundles. That's the problem, right? If you end up with fewer refines, you end up with fewer of those tickets, which means you get fewer of those bundles, right? So if the refines, if the tickets went up as you teared up the ship, so then even if you're getting fewer of those refines, you can still keep up with those tickets, right? And that's, I think, the big place where they miss. Like, I think that the things that you get in the chest as you tear up needed to go, there needed to be a better scale in there, right? It can't be you get one additional shard and 10 additional parts and three additional research tokens and no additional tickets, right? There needed to be a a more measurable bump in the rewards as you went from tier to tier, right? And then players would say like, okay, now I have a choice. Do I want to sit here and kind of maximize these pulls and be limited in the ships I can hit and be limited in these other facets because I still only have a tier three Voyager? Or do I go up and knowing maybe at tier four, I don't get quite as many, but at tier five, I'm going to start getting more because tier four is maybe a rough point, but tier five is a little bit better, right? But there was not enough of an increase to do the thing, to get the things, the loop, the reward, whether you're whether you're prioritizing the artifact shards, the parts, uh, the research tokens, or the tickets, any of those are imp- all of those are important to one player or another, and that's the thing where they fell down. That's that's the reason fewer refines doesn't pay off, and that's where I think this loop starts to. That's why we get frustrated because we can't maximize because we were able to maximize and then we are not, and there's not enough of an increase. We're not maximizing that. So do you think that Scopely would come back and say, well, the increase comes from the actual tier-to-tier increase of the chest? What you're saying is, though, if it doesn't have a 33% increase, for example, from tier 5 to tier 6, then it is still, in fact, a step back because we're dropping from three refines down to two. So it would need to have at least a 40% increase in payout, which we obviously know it does not. So it does fundamentally pay less. Do you think that leaving all those bundles the same uh, as they are currently is acceptable if they scaled up the number of commerce insignias? Let's say, for example, uh, starting at, uh, let's say tiers one, two, and three do get 100. Let's go to tier four and give it 125. Uh, Tier four and five could do 125. Tier six and seven could be 150 tier 8 9 175 and then 10 through 12 get 200 is that is that enough to justify wanting 
to upgrade the ship. And there's one other piece to that, Bubba, which he mentioned. He said that it could depend on your choice of rewards. And, you know, he is famous for this. He did it within the Bajoran tree as well. What is your choice? Is it, you know, reputation? Was it materials? Was it parts? Et cetera, et cetera. If you're chasing the the isolytic artifact shards, then no, I don't think you ever go beyond tier five, right? But if you're chasing these commerce insignias, then I guess you could do the math for yourself and find out. He did specifically say that it was kind of a divergent path. What are you focusing on? Because uh, to tear up the ship is not going to pay more artifact shards, but it is going to pay out so, an increased loot in the commerce bundles. So, so I think that the two rewards, so I, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want to mess with their timeline for upgrading the ship. I'm sure that somewhere Dunsell's got a spreadsheet that says they'll get this many chests, this many parts, this many research tokens, and it's going to take them this long to free-to-play max the ship. And so I don't think I could do anything with that. Okay, I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not even going to try. But I think that these tickets, what what are they called? Commerce tokens, right? I, I just keep calling them tickets. Commerce tokens is what they're called, right? Yeah. Okay. I think the commerce tokens and the artifact shards are something that you can play with and can do some increases with. And I think those are the two that I would say you need to show some sort of reasonable increase here. It's not. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to even be exact. Like you're saying, go up 33%. I think even if you went up 25%, you know, to say, hey, you're going to go from three to two, you're not going to completely make it up, but maybe you will at the next year, right? So it doesn't even have to be one for one, but it is it is fully functionally worse now. I think the commerce tokens and the number of shards, and again, it doesn't have to double the number of shards, but it does have to scale the options of the number of shards in a way that is appreciable and measurable right so so that you are getting some value from continuing to tear up the ship and engage in this loop that becomes progressively harder right because it does become progressively harder and it's got all these things whether it's warp range or loot or cargo that is holding you back any one of those things could really make this loop unsustainable for you and so you are taking that risk but you're taking that risk on the hope that either through co some combination of research or crew or under deck or new features that come into the game that you're going to be able to make that up eventually. And that's where I think that this needed to, this, this, you know, they've done the thing of making the cost lower. And I think that was a good step one, but now I think they need to think about what you're actually getting from the redemption. And that needs to scale up so that when you do go from three to two or, you know, two to one, that you're able to justify having spent the resources to go up as opposed to where you managed said, Hey, I'll just stay at tier six because I can sustain this tier six or I can sustain tier three. And there's no justification for going up because I'm giving up resources and doing so. Now, I don't know if that should go up from hundred to 125 and then 150, or if it should go from hundred to 133 to 175. I don't know what that number should be. I'd have to do some math. They really need to do the math and see what they're comfortable with. Well, um, what if it, what if it's not the commerce insignias at all? Because we, I mean, it, it is a factor, but if I was looking at something simple, you know, we identified this 10 days ago 
and I saw the chat talking about it again today. It all is the biotoxin, uh, the biotoxins, right? Like we, we've talked about that. Uh, and, and I even mentioned it to Tiger, like the limit on the, the limitation on the biotoxins limits the number of cells, which limits the number of trips, which limits the amount of loot, which limits the number of pulls that we can get, right? That's the bottleneck. So he said that they were willing to consider sourcing more tokens. Jules mentioned this day five or day seven of the arc that that tokens were the problem. Looser has said it. Blue has said it. What if all of a sudden, just randomly, they come into the biotoxin refinery, instead of one cell per, full, per pull, you got three. Does that fix everything? Because I kind of feel like it does. It's a simple one thing change. Go into the biotoxin refinery, change the one cell to three and and everything thereafter solves itself right and and ursa major it does kind of fix the field training or at least makes it faster you want to know why you would triple the number of cells it would allow you to go find more loot all right and therefore you could do more rare pulls that way all right by doing the extra uh but by making sure that you can always you know do the by making sure you always have the cells you could as a player come back and make sure that you've got enough to do the rares now scalyback says the rares aren't worth it and and I, i me personally i agree with you there but to Ursa Major, who says it doesn't fix field training, you could make it 20% faster. you make it 20% oh. faster because you could now, if you prioritize those prime dolomite particles, you could actually make sure you pull a double rare instead of just a single rare. Not only that, but Forgotten Shield says, well, for Scopely, it would also mean that we're spending more time on the game, more time in the loop, more time engaging. And so, you know, there's there's an opportunity there. Go ahead, Baba Joe. So what are you... I'm sorry. I, I guess I, I blocked out. What is it that you're proposing? I am simply proposing in the biotoxin refinery, instead of making it one warp lock cell per chest... To make it three warp lock cells per chest. So if I can do a double pull, I get six. If I can do a triple pull, I can get nine. And and what that does, Bubba, it gives me more trips into the space so that I can mine, grind, search for rares. I, I, I now have a little bit more flexibility with the tokens. I can fly in and steal cargo. I mean, it gives me a little bit more flexibility now with those cells that allow me in there so that if I find a rare or if I've got some extra time to try to flip nodes, whatever, then so now I can I, actually hunt rare. You know what I'm saying? I have more cells. Sure. So I think, so I think that's hard, right? Because there's really only a pain point for a lower window of player, right? It's not a pain point all the way up. 
Like I'll tell you right now, biotoxins mm. are not my pain point. No, at all. no, but that that is though. The what we maybe not for you, okay? But like even for me, at ops fifty three. You know, Jules was talking about this the other night. When I take my Voyager to tier six, Bubba Joe, I will not be able to do the triple pull on the biotoxin chest anymore, which is going to drop me from six cells a week down to four because I won't be able to do it. Not at my current loot bonuses. I would need to tear up the doctor or I'd have to go and grind a bunch of hostels. All right. And, and Tiger himself said, listen, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not opposed to people using other ships, but we want players to feel rewarded by upgrading their Voyager. <sighs> you know? And Dragon Keeper, yes, I could take an extra day to grind, but I that's only because I am right there on the borderline where, yes, one cell or two cells for me grinding could probably get there. On the other hand, Captain Jesse, who we raided into the other night on Twitch. Bubba Joe, he can't do it. He can't. He doesn't even have the warp range to get to a hostel large enough for him to come anywhere close to the number of biotoxins needed. He can barely scratch out a double pull. Barely. And a triple is way out of the realm of possibility. Now, Mr. Tiger says that that was the original intent. But now that it's out and players are trying to push towards that triple chest, if that is the quote-unquote new reality, then Scoopley needs to adjust to that regardless of their original intent. Well, I mean, if that if that was their intention, then they foobarred the low level. The, actually, not tier one, but tier three really is the level they foobarred, right? Because I think tier one still has some cargo issues. Um, tier two, I don't know, because uh, I didn't spend any time in tier two. Uh, but tier three is a sweet spot. You can triple refine everything, right? Yes. You have You have the capability to do that, right? And so what that means is that if they didn't really want you to do that, then that was the one that they messed up. But because they messed it up and allowed people to do the triple refine of everything, biotoxins and both other refineries, the issue is that now that's the expectation. Now that's the, I, why would I advance from tier three? And his point is, well, you can get G4 ship parts. And okay, like, sure, but is that worth giving up everything else? Like, is that worth giving up? Uh, I mean, yes, you can get G4 ship parts, but you can get less of them because you're getting fewer of those tickets, right? Be or you're getting less of the sh of the artifact shards, well, right? That, so that's my point, though. If you increase right. the number of cells, I think that it it makes it possible for you to get all those things. Okay, it makes it possible for you to get all those things, but don't expect it to be easy, right? Like it's it it's going to take more grind time. So if you're somebody complaining about the screen time and the grind time, that's on you. I think that's the point of a stretch goal, right? If you want to put in the extra time, and that's what he said. If you want to put in the extra time, <coughs> sorry, dying. 
If you want to do the extra grinding, if you want to do the extra mining, if you want to go, right, Wham, and kill 350 hostiles with a Nova, if you want to do that, if the double rare is worth that to you, if the Dolomide particles and field training is worth that to you, listen, I've said all along, I'm fine with a grind for paid acquisition items. I'm even fine with a heavy grind on it. If it's a free prime, and you want to do it free-to-play, it can have a big grind behind it. I'm fine with the commerce insignias taking time to, to for you to earn. All right? But you're right, Bubba. If the double chest is there, then players should have an opportunity to do it. And again, I think you can either buy grinding or mining, and you could do either of those, your choice, if you increase the number of cells. I think it comes back to and, – and, and for you, Bubba, you can do a triple anyway, right? So instead of three cells every three days, now you get nine cells every three days. What's the odds that you're going to run into a rare node more often now? You see what I'm so, saying? No, I, I, I see what you're saying. So I, I, I don't think that three cells is the right number. What do you think is? And I don't think it should happen everywhere. Um, so I think as you're going from tier three to tier four, it should be one cell and a chance at an extra cell, not a guarantee. And then as you get to like tier five, it's a guaranteed extra cell. And then you go to tier six and it goes to a chance. You get two for sure and a guarantee and a chance at another. And then there's another threshold where you can get to three. I think that is is a little bit easier to swallow progression and ask of Scopely. Um, as a because a tripling of that, that seems like a lot. I think you're gonna end well, up with it provides more a access. Lot, a lot of excess common and, and rare anomaly. You, you won't have a lot of excess rare. You will end up with a lot of excess common, no doubt. But that could simply be solved by offering a Meridian style skin that opens a fourth refinery chest for triple the cost here two or three months from now you know what i'm saying like they did the same thing with meridian do you remember um yes all right they could do the exact same thing here with voyager for your extra common i i don't see a lose scenario for scopely by tripling the sales are more people going to be there yes is engagement going to be up yes are people going to be spending more time on it yes are they going to complain about it also yes are they going to have more common yes will they be able to do the rare if they choose yes is it a gimme no the single rare is still the quote-unquote gimme but the double rare is still pretty daggone expensive if you push for it, if you want to grind for it, then you can do it. And ain't in games, the reason that increasing the biotoxin payout doesn't inherently solve this problem is because it won't give you more trips into that space. The rares, like at this point, on the number of cells that you've got, double rares are consistently unsustainable. Okay? They are not sustainable over the course of even 60 or 90 days. But by increasing the number of cells, you can make it sustainable, but only if you're willing to put in a lot of extra time, a.k.a. grind, 
And what is the result of that grind? It's extra commerce insignias, which I, means free primes. I hate that you're putting me on this side of the argument. <laughs> but I just think that your ask is too high. Maybe you're going with, I'm going to ask for three and hope they give us two. No. If that's, your, if, <laughs> no. if that's what you're going for, I'm, I, I, can, I can get behind it. But I think you're – You have you mentioned coming, it. You've said that multiple bottlenecks aren't necessary. We're still bottlenecked here, Bubba Joe. You're still bottlenecked by the common refinery. You're still bottlenecked by the rare refinery. You can't – redeem more than what those refineries ask for you're already time gated so why do the set why do the systems need cells in the first place ripper has said this before why cell lock them at all if the refinery is the time gate if i want to grind for three solid days let me freaking do that and be done for a month because i'm not going to get any more than what you could get if you went there every single day. You see what I'm saying? Our refineries are the are the cap. So well, I think why, if they had, I think if you anyway? had, I think if you had no cell locks, then the rare is arbitrary. I don't. Everyone think Everyone will be able to double to do the rare. Well, and and that's why I'm saying I'm okay with that. But it but it's still going to take time, Bubba. These things they're not spawning. Uh, maybe maybe it is me, Bubba. Yes, they are. It is you. Oh, for this is You have gotten sakes. my RNG luck, and I appreciate it. <laughs> You're a son of a gun. All right. I, I have now, not. Now you know what it feels like to fail a 99% completion <laughs> ATA 20 out of 21 times. Oh you my understand God. my pain. Dude. No, I mean... like, it, I, I have seen, and I said this in the chat, so it's... Um, uh, I I have seen something that's pretty close to one and eight. The fact that you're not getting that is look at this chat right anomaly. now. You guys all suck. Every single one. Herbs went in. I got. I had eight rares show up today. Uh, Forgotten shields. That's right. Jesse the other night. He had all rares. He couldn't even get the common he needed for his refinery. Uh, Captain Andrew Stevens says, I've gotten two rares just while listening to the show. Noon Whistle says, I've gotten five rare nodes this afternoon. Dragon Keeper says, I'm three for three. Harp says, I need more common. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right. I mean, <laughs> anyway, my point, Bubba, regardless even of the cargo space, if you free the system access and i don't mean free it but let's go to triple sales the most that anybody's going to be able to get is a double rare and that is going to take time and effort to maintain guys the single rare i can understand that being simple the double rare is what like 10 times the cost 20 times the cost if you intend on feeding a double rare it's going to be pretty difficult to keep up with but if you choose to do it, then you can, right? And the cells, freeing up on those cells. No, Bubba Joe, I'm not asking for three, hoping for one and a half. I'm asking for three because I think it saves the math. I think it fixes every tier from one to 12. Because now, no matter what, any tier, any ops, 
can go there and still have the access of what they need to feed their refinery and not go, you know, not be shorted just for progressing with the ship. Now, if you triple the number of cells, they're literally, Jules, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you triple the number of cells, there is mathematically no reason not to progress with your Voyager. Can anybody tell me a reason mathematically not to progress with Voyager if you had triple the number of cells or if cells weren't even a thing? Well, if cells weren't even a thing, then there would be no reason not to advance. Okay. Well, I'm kind of saying triple the cells so that it's kind of not really a thing. See what I'm saying? Or add an extra cell in the Herogen chest. That would also work. You know, I, I just think if you if you work on these cells, I think it fixes all of it. At the earliest possible choke point, we've talked about biotoxins. We've talked about loot. Then we've talked about the refines, the double rare. We've talked about cargo space. Go to the very beginning. The whole thing, well, you know, that, that's what I told Tiger. Like, when you have an A, B, C, D, E, F, G mechanic, if you've got a problem at point C, everything after point C breaks down. Fix point C, and then D, E, F, and G get better. Is it possible, DJ? I'm going to throw a theory at you because you like to throw these theories, okay? Is it possible that they've got these cell locks in there to make it painful to advance the Voyager, to hide the fact that Voyager is nearly impossible to upgrade for your average player? Huh? I'm not talking about Voyager parts. I'm talking about uncommon and rare parts of the G4 and G5 variety. The ship parts yeah. get nuts. It's expensive. So it is. is it possible that they've made this very difficult early on, very, very difficult to hide the fact that the ship is nearly impossible to upgrade? For the average player. Yes. Trying to think. I'm trying to think my way out of this box. But you know what? Here's the thing, Papa. Triple cells don't fix that problem either. Well, I know, I agree. I agree. But then, but then, there's people are not getting to a high. Like they'll settle at tier three, right? There's no interest in going to tier four, or they'll settle at tier five and no interest in going to tier six because. That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot for their engagement, right? But and is that possible that they done that to hide the fact that the ship is massively overcosted in terms of other resources it takes to upgrade? If they did that, then that's not smart in my mind. Okay. Because Well, it's not smart to overcost it in the first place, but no, that's, that's neither here nor there. But I I, I First of all, I don't think you progress through Voyager any faster or not with this, okay? If you free up the cells, then you get in, because in my mind, the artifacts have always been the, the end game, right? I don't care about the Voyager parts. As a matter of fact, the Voyager has been pretty daggone quick. I, I'm at tier five, and I haven't spent a dime on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, other than, like I said, Scopely gave me the ship, but I'm tier five and, and haven't spent on any upgrade costs. You are an Ops 50 player upgrading through a g4 area 
That's fair. Go look at your G4 parts. You probably have hundreds of thousands That's of fair. G4 masks. Yeah, I probably do. All right. But, but my point is, even, even if the ship... Listen, we're all capped on a ship at one point or another. Bubba, you might be capped on tier 11 of your Dideradex, okay? I mean, everybody hits that cap once in a while, okay? I mean, I'm capped on my Pylum. I'm capped on my Corvus. I, I, everybody's... Nobody just bushes through a, a ship, all right? But we should be working on the parts and the materials and the resources to upgrade this ship with it having a natural kind of barrier towards upgrading the ship and not an artificial one through these cell locks and this refinery. You see what I'm saying? Like, giving more cells isn't going to give me more Voyager parts. I mean, it'll give me a little bit more. What, an extra 500 parts a week? 700 parts a week? Depending on your tier. It would potentially, Bubba, give you one extra rare pull every seven days. That's all I'm talking about doing. But it lets players live up to the potential of what they see in the loop and allows them to put in the extra effort to redeem all chests. I, I, I don't think that this inherently slows down Voyager. It I does not inherently slow down Voyager. It invalidates one of the loops. It invalidates one of the gates, which is fine. I've well, said yeah, from but the that's beginning the, that it's, it's got too the, many gates. It's not the real gate. The common and rare refinery cooldowns are the actual gate, the cells have nothing to listen. They gave us ten in. No, no. They gave us ten free cells in field training. Yes, but, yes. That, my point is, is that my point on day one is there are too many gates. We talked about this, right? We talked about this for a week. There are too many loops, three too many refineries. We talked about all of that, right? I'm on that. I'm on board with that position. I have accepted that they want it to be like this. They want to have make you think and stop and think and stop and think like. They want it to be gated in this way, okay? I've accepted that. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that should be the case, but that's the design that they put forward and the design that Mr. Tiger talked about today. They wanted there to be gates that you had to go through. They didn't want it to be one turnstile. They wanted it to be three turnstiles, okay? You are effectively eliminating one if you go from one to three cells. That gate, that turnstile will completely go away. It will no longer be a turnstile. It will be a free-to-pass. Yeah, but it, it still doesn't inherently destabilize the rest of the loop. You're still going to be... All you're doing now would be allowing players to live up to the loop's potential, which, which he also said, you know, listen, this might be what we designed, but now that it's out there and it's breathing a life of its own... Now we want to be reactive. Now we want to to enhance it for the players. Doesn't mean it doesn't offend us that it's not being played exactly the way that we built. You know, he says that he wants to support the players in the way that they're doing it. Like when when I asked him, so you're not going to change the number of cells? He was like, well, no, I'm not saying that. Just because I didn't foresee this doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to embrace it. You know. So again, again. I think that the problem is that there is no encouragement to upgrade the ship. 
and your solution still doesn't uh, encourage players to upgrade the ship. I think it does. So I get, because, why? because Why wouldn't I sit where I get three cells and just never go further? Because, because it's harder to get three cells at the next tier, and it's harder to get three cells at the tier after that, and harder to get three cells at the tier after that. Why wouldn't I sit at the, set, the, at the easiest point to get three cells and just continue to exist at that tier? Because what I'm suggesting is is that you make cells not the gate. Give everybody enough cells to use what they want to do. Like, like you could, for example, do three refines of biotoxins, right, to get nine cells. Yeah. Yes. I could do, say a double, and get six cells that still allows me to maintain. I, I, I do hear what you're saying. but L- instead Lloydson's of got it right. Work harder, not smarter. <laughs> well, I, I get it. I get it, Lloyd. But, but, but I'm also talking, do I think that it's likely that they're going to go through and redesign point C, D, E, F, and G again a second time? No. I think if we want something quick and easy to make this loop better it has to be a simple a simple thing and and in my mind a simple thing just means get cell locks in the hands of players so that they can go and do what they need to do with the refineries by increasing the number if if, Bubba even if I can only do a double okay and you can do a triple at tier three and I can only do a double at tier six I still have enough cells to go and fuel my refinery. I think, and I think that's what I'm driving I, after. DJ, that's fine. I'm just saying that it is basically saying you are basically eliminating. You might as well have no cells. If you're going to do well, that, you I might mean, as well I've have argued no cells. that in the past too. Cells are dumb, right? So if you're going to go that route, because that it's, at that point, in my opinion, the cells will be irrelevant. You'll get you'll get however many cells you get. And you're going to use half of them and set aside half for a, a rainy day, right? You're just cells are going to be irrelevant, kind of like, uh, kind of like other cells there in this game, right? Which further supports the fact that they don't need to be there. So, like, how many people? How many people right now rely on exactly the two Borg cells that you do every day? You have to have two Borg cells every day to keep your refinery going. Don't everybody rush to beat down the door now. Dude, I, I haven't done Borg. I, I'll actually need to do Borg probably tomorrow or the next day, and I haven't done it in two weeks. Right. <laughs> you so, know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I do early it. on, early on, people needed the two cells, right? We are still, and again, I hate I hate to quote Steven Zaren because he's going to rub it in my face later, but we are on month one of this loop. And on month one of Borg, it was really, really hard to do that. Now, I don't think it should be as slow as Borg was. I don't think we should have to wait so many years for it to be upgraded to the point that you can engage in it and not have to be completely slave to those cells. Okay? It's not what I'm suggesting we go back to. But this is month one. Let's wait and see what happens. And if we get to month two or three and it's still just completely untenable, 
then I think it's time to really think about this. You had a 21-day challenge. How are you doing on your 21-day challenge? I'm tier five. Um, I do n- my I don't have any rare, and, but my rare refinery is on cooldown because I did get to use it the other day. So my rare refinery is on cooldown. I do not have enough for a – let me double check. I do have enough for my next single – I am short over a million for a double, which he has said is not his intention. So I have enough for a single in my next seven days. If the intention is single rare and even, as he mentioned, like a single or double common, well, I'm surpassing all expectations. At this moment, Bubba Joe, I have enough for – 40 days of triple refines in the common anomaly sample. My triple costs 660000 I'm holding $5 million. I am set on the common anomaly. All right? Um, so maybe that's the thing. Blue was talking about it the other night. Maybe I should just bank up, right? Because maybe I should go ahead and, prog- and proceed with my Voyager even though when I hit tier six, I will no longer be able to do triple biotoxin pulls. Maybe I just bank it up now and go ahead and punch tier six. And now I'm only going to be able to do double warp cell pulls, but I'll have enough stuff to carry me over for a little while. I don't know. The, the reason, Bubba, I, I hear what you're saying on wait, let's give it time. But that doesn't solve the problem that I kind of left him with when he was leaving here is it punishes you to go to Tier 6. There's no mechanic in the game that they can introduce that fixes that unless they make an adjustment to the refinery or an adjustment to cells or an adjustment to biotoxin loot or whatever. An adjustment is going to have to be made because there's no mechanic they can introduce that makes Tier 6 better than Tier 5 without a core adjustment. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hear you, DJ. I just, you know, I guess I, my only concern is that uh, is that it does not necessarily do what, you know. I, but if, if they're looking, if they think that opening up that gate and eliminating it is fair, then... In my opinion, they should just eliminate it, right? Not not just triple the cells, right? Just open it up. Let people mine as much as they want. Whew. Maybe maybe and I'm then, not, maybe I'm not right on this. Maybe and here's then, what and, we'll do. And then when a rare pops, then you go get the rare, right? I mean uh-huh. and you know, there's a lot of servers that protect token systems. Right. Yeah, I know. Now again, we're not. This row is not Scopely's thing, and I get it. And not all servers are the same. But you open that up, fair game, man. Let Let's also Let's also remove fog of war. <laughs> that way, I can see in there without burning a cell. All right. If indeed we are going to kind of open up on the cells or or this or that, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Maybe I am wrong in my target here, Bubba Joe. But the only alternative to Flooding us with cells is an actual base data change, and I just don't know how likely that is. Let's come to the community. we got to take our last break. We're actually just shy of three hours anyway, Bubba Joe, so let's make this second 
uh, this second or this final segment here pretty quick. And we'll open the stage, okay? You guys sound off. What do you think, in 30 seconds or less, what fixes this for you? Bubba, let's see what the people think. You've got an idea. I've got an idea. You don't like my idea. I don't like your idea. Let's let the people decide. All right. On the other side of the break, we will open the stage. You guys, 30 seconds or less, one fix, one adjustment that you could give to Scopely that fixes the Voyager loop for you. We'll get your ideas on the other side of the break. My name is Ultimate DJs on this very special episode of Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Back in a moment. Hang on. You looking for ways to enhance your gaming experience inside Star Trek Fleet Command? Well, Surtail has the answers for your health and wellness needs, especially while gaming. Gummies to sharpen the mind when you can't come up with 14 words where three would do. Surtail is an independent distributor of all aerial products that you would need to improve your gaming experience. Surtail also distributes bath salts, CBD creams and oils, weight loss products, Protein shakes, workout aids, Delta 8 gummies, and so much more. Message Surtail on Discord or go to crazybunch.org. Hey guys, time for a little shameless self-promotion. We stream live on Twitch, and they've just announced a new promotion to help grow our channel. And like always, we're giving the extra revenue back to the community. What is the key? Simple Tier 1 paid subscriptions. Sub to our Twitch channel today for as little as $4 and some change with a multi-month recurring subscription. And turn your name gold in our Discord today, plus get access to extra emails emotes and badges if we hit 350 paid tier one or better subs for july august and september we're going to give away two thousand dollars in packs in october on top of the normal prize giveaways that we always do in the year 2023 twitching trek has given away over five thousand dollars in prizes and we're ready to ramp it up subscribe today by clicking the link to our twitch channel from our website and be a part of the success of twitching trek and increase your odds at winning some free packs along the way the goal is 350 paid tier one or higher subs for july august and september so subscribe today watch our streams and win your share of thousands of dollars in packs eligibility starts july 1st so act now and win with twitching trek and ultimate djs pvptarget.com is a site with a whole host of tools for the players not only at veteran status in this game but also for brand new players giving you insights into pvp banding crews and roe used by many servers pvptarget.com can help you get your feet under you with respects to all things player versus player Visit their website for our player's guide regarding lawful attacks, warships, and even a glossary of terms for use right here inside Star Trek Fleet Command. Visit pvptarget.com today. That's pvptarget.com. This program is made possible in part by a grant from Fruit and Fibber, the breakfast cereal that lies about how good it is for you. Then and now. Going to a concert, then... Oh, man, they're playing the ballad, and I forgot my lighter. Here, borrow mine. I'm going to the bathroom anyway. You're going to miss it. These tickets were only $10. No big deal. What a great night. Going to a concert now. Oh, man, everyone's waving their flashlight around, and my phone totally died. I told you to charge it. Ugh. I think I have to go to the bathroom. So just go! Based off the set list I saw on the internet, these next two songs are snoozers. I paid $1,000 for these Taylor Swift tickets. I'm not missing this. <sighs> are you really? Uh-huh. I thought that question about the adult diapers was for your grandmother. A Swifty's gotta do what a Swifty's gotta do. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone for coming. 
I'm sure my wife would be moved by having so many people show up at her funeral. Hello, I'm right here. I can hear you. She'll always be with us. What the heck is going on here? Hey, Dum Dum, you know I'm a heavy napper. Sarah had so many great qualities. She was a really great cook. Oh, stop. You never eat anything I make. She loved corned beef and cabbage. But boy, could she clear a room after that meal? Are you serious right now? Hello? I'm sorry, did somebody say something in the back? Anyway, she had that distinctive laugh that I loved, even though most people found it annoying. People don't like my laugh? <laughs> kind of like that. You are so sleeping on the sofa tonight. It's like I could still hear her. <laughs> That I can't hold back The feeling that you give me Wanna give it right back I know you always win at this particular game I need to know the rules If you want me to play Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you guys all being here. Tegan and Sarah uh, from the Love You to Death album. It's called Boyfriend. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys all being here. My name is Ultimate DJs. This is Talking Trek Live, Star Trek Fleet Command's official podcast. Welcome back, Bubba Joe. Uh, and appreciate uh, you guys uh, being here for uh, for the show today. Trying to read through the chat uh, during the commercial break. Uh, just a couple of questions real quick. Uh, Jersey James says, anybody else missing their flash pass in the store? Yeah. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, unfortunately, a an automated fix is not <laughs> is not in sight. So you are instructed to file a ticket if you are choosing to pay. Uh, if you want to buy your um, your flash pass, you need to submit a ticket, and they will assist you in uh, accepting payment and granting your token in some form. Uh, or fashion. I, I don't know exactly how that's going to work, Bubba Joe, but I have been told that they are not optimistic for an automated fix before the end of the Flash Pass and that if you want to guarantee that you have the Flash Pass, you should file a ticket and work with customer service to obtain your elite Flash Pass purchase. Woo! There you go. Now, just to be clear, we're not talking about unlocking, like, like nobody's not getting something that they paid for, to be, to be clear. What we're talking about, Bubba, is some people want to buy the Flash Pass, whether it's the $100 or the $10, but the packs don't actually show up in their store. All right? That is a thing. It's acknowledged. There's some um, weird targeting things going on. And uh, I have been told to encourage those players to file a ticket if they do want to purchase their battle, uh, their flash pass. Then they need to they need to contact customer service to facilitate a manual payment. 
Um, I, Jay, before we get, before, at least it wasn't their treasury. It so wasn't. I don't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Just Abe says, "What about the overflow rewards not matching Flash Pass content that was intended?" I was told that they wanted to experiment a little bit with some officer diversity um, in in offering a few less shards of more officers. Um, and, uh, I was told that that was intended. So, um, when, yeah, when you're looking at, you know, the flash pass, for example, itself, you see Galinar, Odo, and, uh, what's her name? Bator in there, but then the overflow has a couple of different folks in there. You got Dayzok and Crusher and Una. So this particular flash pass offering a handful of shards, Bubba Joe, for six different officers. And that was intended. Uh, go ahead, Bubba, with your comment. So I before we get to um, uh, the the open mic portion of the show, um, in the last week or so, there have been some very creative and inventive um, "I want it now" memes that have come up and been populated, and I just wanted there to say some really good ones. I not in a hundred years would have I guessed that. Something that I said was <laughs> going to have the sort of legs that it has garnered from people on this show. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you to everyone that has come up with something, uh, come up with a meme or something, whether it's making fun of me or whether it's, you know, in support of something I've said. Uh, I totally, it has been absolutely fantastic to see those. The one that I said uh, the other day is I want to see a meme of Spock delivering the line that he delivers in episode one of and Strange New World. It's here. We've and it's got it. Perfect. It is. It's awesome. It's so good. For those of you, uh, let's see, I saw it. Somebody posted it just a few minutes ago. Let me see if I can scroll up and find it, and I'll put it in the graphics room. Uh, here it is. I got it. I got it right here. Uh, copy. I'm going to put it in the graphics room right now, just in case anybody hasn't seen this, or if you're listening in podcasts and you would like to see this. This is uh, the one that Bubba is talking about right here, and it's amazing. Uh, it's so very, very good. So I just wanted good. to say uh, thank you to the community. It is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I am honored every time I see one, so just thank you all very much, and uh, keep it coming. Maybe we'll do something uh, at some point in the future for uh, for players to uh, come up with something creative like that. So Yeah, we really, um, really should. Maybe that would be a, a giveaway we can do either on Twitch or here or something. But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, and it's been absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun there. All right, uh, we are going to open the stage uh, for you guys. That way you can come up and tell us a little bit about what do you think fixes the Voyager loop for you? Dr. Juby, welcome to the stage. you got 30 seconds. How do you fix Voyager? Well, I just want to say that I was 100% right. When last time I said you needed more transwarp, uh, transwarp tokens to get into the systems. Well, I mean, whoa, that's like, I, listen, I personally kind of agree with you, Dr. Judy. What the hell is he doing right now? <laughs> Are I, you I, shoveling gravel? Gosh darn it, I, Dr. Judy. I, 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 am out, I am outside enjoying this awesome weather. Uh, and are, shoveling are you getting gravel. in a car accident as we speak? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I have a shovel. You are correct. There oh, my God. That's what that was. I'm so good. See, I've done this, Bubba Joe. Like, I've played those what sound is it games. I knew that was a shovel. Oh, dang. That is amazing. I, I, that's awesome. I'm very, very proud of myself right now. Sorry, I had to interrupt you, but I'm very proud of myself. Yeah! 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So, uh, Dr. Juby agreeing with me, Bubba Joe, that warp cells are the problem. Thank you, uh, Juby. Appreciate it very much. Uh, you guys are welcome to raise your hands and come on stage and uh, and ask or, or provide your idea as to what is the simple solution. Putz, what do you have? What do you think fixes the Voyager problem? All right. That is phenomenal. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, man. I wouldn't know because I still don't have it. Like, this is still something that is uh, a pie in the sky. I'm going to learn about this in 30 days. So I, will. I have no comment. I am going to kind of point out that, that the arc is now over. 30 days is all it would have to take. Okay. Like, and, and that's not bad sourcing, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I know that obviously we would like it within the arc, but. 30 oh, days that's from not now? bad sourcing at all. It's not bad sourcing at all. That's not what I'm complaining about. I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying I have no I have no comment because I've never done it yet. I, I, I would feel dumb saying Karkin, something about it. Karkin uh, must have taken the Harry Kim shards. He's going, he says he's 80 days out. Oof, oof, oof. Uh, let's come over to Bobbert on server 29 as an Ops 47. Uh, Bobbert, how do you fix the Voyager loop? What do you think? Well, I was actually going to jump onto one of the things that Putz just said is that they, we, all the free-to-play and people who haven't paid for it haven't seen it yet. And so there's a really bad cycle happening of these ships coming out and having an X period of time where only people who paid for it are you know, playing with it and it's broken or it has a terrible loop. And then we're like spend a month trying to figure out how to fix this thing that everyone else paid for, you know, like think about think about the the mantis loop where it's like we spend all this money buying the mantis and then it's months and months go by and then right when all the free to play players get it, boom, it works again. So why would anyone buy a ship in Star Trek Fleet Command when it's going to be a month after its purchase date that it actually works? I I want to be careful with it saying you know actually works or this or that, Bobber, because it works. Okay, but but. There's always going to be that early access kind of experimental guinea pig kind of thing. Bubba, I mean, you're familiar with that. Trader's familiar with that. When you're, uh, uh, you know, Ska, familiar with that. When you're the first player in a game to do something, like, you're going to find the bugs. Bubba, you had, you had laughed about this here a couple of weeks ago, that bug that Ska found that literally took his Dideradex, uh, or sorry, not, it was, uh, what was it, his, his uh, Tribune. Tribune took his Tribune hull to, like, negative, you know. Um, there's there's things like that that, that we're going to find. I don't call this feature broken, Bobbert, but there are problems, right, uh, as Bubba indicated. Like, I, I don't consider it broken that, that Tier 6 is a spot where we shouldn't go past. I mean, I, I, when I say broken – it, it doesn't make sense, right? Uh, but it's still paying me. It's still giving things to me. And if I, can, if I can improve or if I can help make it better at Tier 6 or Tier 7 or Tier 8 for the players who are going to get it in a month, then I kind of look at that and say, you know, this is hopefully a pain point that Putz and Karkin and you don't ever, don't ever encounter. Right. I think that the loop is still paying me what I expect it to pay me, but 
I have now, with the assistance of the community, identified that I don't think I should go to Tier 6. Um, or, or if I do, Tier 6 is, is absolutely it, right, Jules? Uh, that, that's like borderline for me. I think I might try it, but uh, Tier 7 is just out. Like, it's just a no-brainer. Don't do Tier 7, you know? And, and if I but can... This is my point, right? Like, these, all this content comes out, and people pay for it, and then it needs to change for it to be fun or to work or whatever. I'm just saying I think Scopely needs to take, take a moment and be like, hey, this is a pattern. All of the content comes out, and it spends the whole month trying to tinker and fix and figure out how it's going to work. I don't, you know, I'm not sure... When when you when you cut out the middle the you know the middle class of the game you know what I mean like of course you're gonna have the big spenders who're gonna find the Borg cube randomly that oh wow it drops a bazillion faction credits but then disappears for who knows how long cool awesome but also like you know when you have the middle class who's like oh hey I'll buy a ship a couple times you know I'll spend a hundred bucks a year or whatever those players are never gonna come back out. For a ship, when a ship, when all of the ships have this lag time between purchase time and fun time. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that mentality. I think that's uh, a very fair point. Um, I think that, oh, you know, uh, wait, did Bobber just bounce? Well, I, I got to actually have a defense against that. Because... Um, I think I do too, but Jules, uh, why don't you why don't you take it away? By the way, welcome to the stage from Server Forty Four, Jules Vern, and the uh, thank you uh, for being here and welcome in from the Talking Trek Laboratory. What do you got, Jules? Well, the defense is everybody who's bought into the Voyager loop, no matter where they are in the pain point of the actual tiering process, now has isolytic artifacts that are miles above people who did not buy into the Voyager loop. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what that I was saying. Alone, I, I feel that like it alone is a good point to yeah. buy into these specialty ships because you're buying into the what is the main output of that ship and you're buying in early access. Exactly. And, that, and that's kind of what I was uh, meaning to say a minute ago. It's paying me what it's supposed to be paying me. Um, thankfully, due to players who have have fallen on the sword, though, right, Jules? The only way we got the data was from somebody being there. You know what I'm saying? So the only way that we were able to identify that Tier 7 is a no-go zone is because somebody went to Tier 7. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel bad for some of those players. But but um, as far as what we, as a general community, are expecting from the ship, we're getting it. And, and what we're able to do as content creators and as analysts, what we're able to do is then turn around and give you suggestions like Jules has done and said, listen, don't go to tier seven, you know, for example. Uh, and, and that way you can maximize your return. It's not as though you're not getting anything from the ship. Okay. I do want to be clear about that. I, I don't regret using it. And I actually kind of enjoy the loop. I've said this all month long. I do kind of enjoy the loop, but I certainly don't want to be punished for progressing with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Let's go to server 134. A hey, Fox, what do you got, buddy? How do you fix the Voyager loop? I've got a bit of a strange fix. I would say you need to put the tiers behind a research lock so that people don't get too far and then get themselves in trouble. That would be, for me, the fix that is really needed more than more than the actual warp locks on the, on the systems, the token locks. You know, you're not crazy wrong about that. I, I wonder 
how much I foobarred players, Bubba Joe. Because, Jules, and you'll remember this too, at the beginning of the arc, Op 39 was locked to Tier 2. They were locked, okay? I fought and advocated for that lock to be raised. I wonder if they had it right to begin with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've well, talked about DJ. That's not the case. I know, but it feels that way. I mean, my, that's what that's what Xbox is saying. Different. My point is slightly different. Behind a research lock, so behind a tier three on the warp range or a tier oh. five or whatever it is. Okay, that's actually not, not brilliant. Yeah. So because so, you, you can yeah. be ops forty five and still not have the research. That's true. Or okay, that's fair. So do the research before you can promote the ship because. You know, you're going to need this research for the ship to be effective. Okay. Exactly. I, I kind of like that idea. Cool. Uh, I like that. Let's go to server 57 from a uh, from a resident level 60. What do we got here from K9 Tooth? What do you got for us, buddy? How do you fix Voyager? Yo, DJ. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is the loot table, right? I think to your point, as you scale up the ship, you tear up the ship, it's just not worth it. To me, rewards go to the victors. If we can tear it, the reward should be better as in other loops that we've seen. But it recently, more and more of these new loops, the returns are just minimal. Why would I go past tier six and pay all that either money or resources to get 0.05% better uh, artifact requirement? I, I think just they need to scale that better to match the effort, time, and a little bit of a reward of all the work we did. Well, I, I don't think anybody is disagreeing with you at all, K92. That's, that's kind of exactly what Jules has identified is is you know and what bubba was talking to mr tiger about earlier like it literally does not pay <laughs> after everything you've put into to the ship all the the materials and parts and then for it to pay less you know and even mr tiger says that's not really intended but if you look at the commerce exchange and and i see i struggle with that i don't look at the commerce exchange as my primary end game with this path I'm looking at isolytic artifacts. Like, I, I would imagine that that anybody high ops is probably looking at the isolytic artifacts. And you know what? There's no end game there for months and months and months, maybe years, right? So if the isolytic artifact acquisition slows down, I'm personally, maybe this is where he's slightly overvaluing the, the commerce insignias, Bubba Joe. But that's not my priority. My priority is the artifact shards. What about y'all? I mean, it is for me. Canine Tooth, what are you chasing? You chasing the the commerce insignias, or are you looking for the isolytic artifacts? It's, it's the artifacts. The, the commerce insignias don't help me at all. Everything I have there is maxed. So <laughs> I, I need isolytic damage. I, I think this is a game changer, and these artifacts are going to be the future. So I need to get as much of a head start as possible. I think I agree with that. Bubba Joe, if you were choosing, if he says that commerce insignias are are maybe the value, is this kind of going back to like an ATA refresh token? And by the way, thank you, Canine Tooth. Appreciate you, buddy. Is this going back to a conversation uh, that we used to have about like refresh tokens? Like has Scopely overvalued this thing? Bubba, what is your end game of the Voyager loop? So for me, it's, it's all about isolate damage. But what I want to say is that for anyone who is new to the game or didn't experience some of these specialty ships and is working on upgrading them, there is a lot of value in these in these tokens. And 
Uh, and we've said that from the beginning for the specialty ships. And I've been challenged that, that there are some people that find value in the generic ships at G4 and G5. I disagree. And again, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm beyond that. So maybe I'm misunder misremembering what those tiers were like and what those ships cost to upgrade. But it does not seem to hold enough value in the G4 and G5 for those ships. For the specialty ships, is completely different. Uh, but for me, the only thing I'm looking at is isolated damage. But I will say that for free-to-play, they're looking at the clock to unlock that node in the field training. And I don't think exactly. it's unreasonable to, to try and accelerate that note, that clock. I don't think that's an unreasonable ask to give them more of those things as they tear up the Voyager. Obviously, they don't have the Voyager yet, but when they get it, they should not be want to. They should not be punished for tearing up the Voyager by not being able to, you know, get as many of those tickets as they can, which in turn helps them acquire the Prime. Now, you know, I had an opinion that I felt was a safe opinion for both Scopely and players that invested, and you had a different opinion, and Scopely decided to go with a sooner acquisition than than uh, than what I had initially recommended. But if they're going to do that, it should not be hidden behind one of those milestones taking 10 to 15 times longer than the others. Like, you can mine, you can kill, you can do all those things. That is a huge time gate, and it feels insurmountable to most players I've talked to. They feel like it's going to take them too long. So I think increasing that just a little bit to help, again, encourage people to advance their Voyager, I think is a, um, I think is a reasonable ask. Roger Workman says, I can't come to the stage right now, but my fix on Voyager would be to actually remove the common from the hostels inside the token systems and therefore increase the rare and biotoxin loot for them. That way you could choose to mine for the common or hit the hostels for rare. That actually could potentially work as well, Bubba Joe. Removing the common there, it would be a lot of grind, but at least you wouldn't slam up your cargo, right? Like you, you would actually have a full cargo of what was valuable to you, which in that case would be the rare. So... Oh, that not just rare and the biotoxins yep and the biotoxins to make sure that you can get that that third pull that stretch goal i actually like that idea benny hill says not shabby roger uh in my pants says that makes a lot of sense all right uh so that actually really really works i like that so, so uh, djs i got i have one suggestion i like to throw out there please yeah now we we know that some of, of us here are saying that the artifact shard is our end goal and as Bubba Joe has alluded to, some people think that the commerce exchanges is their end goal. What if we had to make players make a choice by taking the warp cells out of the species A472 hostile exchange and putting it into the Herogen loot exchange, which means you can either decide, do I want to push my tiers, because I'll, I'll be getting those warp cells no matter what, I'll be pushing those tiers so I can get more and more anomalies and get slightly better artifacts shards, or do I want to keep it low, keep my tiers low, so that my species A472 exchange can be maximized so I can get those commerce insignia? It, it forces players to have a choice, but it also, it, it basically still has the warp cells. It has the same amount of warp cells. None of the math changes. It just makes it more accessible since people can infinitely grind the Herosian loot. Well, yeah, I think I see what you're saying there. So what you're saying is, 
if I put the cells in the Herogen chest, which I think, Bubba, didn't you mention this earlier? If you put the, the cells in the Herogen chest, that way you could keep Voyager at, say, Tier 3 um, and and still get... Uh... So you could, you could always triple chest, which means you always get three warp cells, right? And yes, you would in- increase the amount of warp cells because of the cooldown is lower, so that kind of comes back to what you were saying about just, hey, increase the number of the warp cells in those chests. But this allows you to choose, uh, hey, I can go maximize my mining or maximize my hostile hitting in those systems. Um, But if I push my tiers too much, then I may not be able to hit enough 8472 loot in order to hit all the commerce insignia. So it's a choice, but it doesn't, it's not a big change on Scopely's end. Well, Hal, I I think everywhere it matters kind of hits that nail on the head. Then you're eliminating a whole middle phase two step. Like there's no need to ever hit the 8472s that are hidden, right? Like, I mean, unless you want some more Voyager parts and if you want the commerce insignia, because you're getting most of your commerce insignia from that loot exchange. So if you don't care about getting the free prime, and if you don't care about this commerce exchange, then yeah, you never hit eight four seven two. Your grind is reduced. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. I like that. Uh, we are coming to the stage and allowing you guys to raise your hands uh, and uh, come in and throw out your suggestions. What would make the Voyager loop better for you? Uh, Star Ocean says, "Man, just warp range. Man, add." 25 to 35 warp range and then everybody can hit everything that they need jules let me ask you that if you tacked on say 25 35 warp range uh at every tier of this ship does it give players enough biotoxin potential that adjustments are not necessary uh yeah probably especially if people can use grush i think that there is the warp ranges kind of jump by 80 or more, 60 or 80. So 25 probably isn't a lot, but 25 to base. And then you can use your warp range officers and other boosts to help that out. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Dragon Keeper disagrees with that idea. Uh, warp range is ops locked as it should be. Giving players too much access to other areas of the game is damaging. Uh, a level 40 should not be able to warp to warp range 1000. And I know a lot of people have talked about that. K92 says the same thing. Uh, too much warp range exists. All these animals in deep space. I'm like a janitor cleaning up the filth off my nodes. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Honest to God, you know, I talked the other day about uh, finding somebody up in deep space, like with a whatever some stupid ship mining a meridian or something like that i found something the other day and i had to kill it I had to kill it but i don't even know how it got there i mean honestly i don't even know how it got there. oh i know what it was it was a discovery but but the warp range was really high it was like an ops 40 player i don't even know how it got there but there was a discovery mining g4 material in in dark space i killed it i killed it immediately i i didn't even need the note <laughs> It was a Voyager on a gas node up in G4. I, I, had to, I had to send it home. I hope it came back. I hope it comes back so I can send it home more. All right. Um, Bubba Joe, that might be about it. We don't have anybody else lined up on the stage. Do you have anything that you would like to add very quickly? Uh, or does anybody else uh, have anything that they want to add on the stage in this Community Sound Off segment? You guys will have an opportunity to uh, say to Scopely what it is that you think could actually fix the loop. Bubba Joe? 
Uh, let's see what Kirko has to say from servers 57 and 145. Kirko, what do you want to see in Voyager, man? Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's, it's uh, a higher cargo in the Voyager would probably be more adv advantageous to everyone else that gets the ship eventually. And that's that's the only thing I, I can see that benefit. I mean, right now it's it's really good. So, I mean, the warp range and the crew, I mean, Jamie crew is killing better than Pike crew. So, to me, it's, it's all good. The thing that scares me about that, Kirko, um, which you're right, that would probably solve some problems. But the one thing that I do like about this cargo is that I can spend 60 to 90 seconds on it and be done. You know, Bubba, it's like a solo armada for me. It can hold my attention for 60 seconds. You know, much beyond that, and I'm, I'm about done, right? <laughs> so the fact that the cargo fills up in 60 to 90 seconds, Kirko, that, that to me is not necessarily a horribly bad thing. If I've got to actively mine for 15 minutes at a time, I mean, dude, I don't mind data. I don't mind data anymore. I just don't. Like, I know I could get outlaw directives from it. I don't care. I don't. I, I, I don't want to mine six minutes at a time. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then come back. Like, one, one minute, though, Kiriko, I can handle that. I, I think I just need, you know, I need more nodes. You guys have all yeah. the luck with that. I, I can't, I can't imagine that. As you were saying earlier, getting a rear node can be a bit tricky. But if you, if, as you said, you went through like 15 common nodes and you never got a rear, where oh. in, in some servers you're getting more rear nodes easier. Yes. Just... Dude, I've got screenshots where every node in this system is rare. I don't understand it. Uh, Kiriko from US 57, European 145, thank you for your thoughts. Um, let's see. Bubba Joe, that might be about it. We got anything else? Captain Mark says he's bored. Mark, why are you I have a question. I have a question, DJ. <laughs> Shoot, Puts, what do you got? Uh, for those of us who are going to be getting the Voyager in 27 days or less, what should we be doing in between now and then uh, to prepare? Um, I know I have collected enough of the whatever loot to get my to get the next 27 uh, blueprints, but should I be collecting more of that? Should what can we do to make the ease the transition into Voyager uh, when we get it? Well, you are going to continue using relics. Okay, so that's not a bad thing. If you want to grind on that a little bit, it's not. You can see Jules's chart. It doesn't take a ton, but you will continue to use those relics. So if you want to grind those up a little bit, feel free to do so. Take a look at Jules's chart and see how many relics you think you would need for, I don't know, say a 15-day, 30-day bank. I don't know, depending on how how you want to go, uh, collect more. Just keep going because you could do a triple pull every single day once you get to Voyager. So take a look at that. But really, the only thing you can do to facilitate this being easier down the road is banking up the Herogen relics. And yes, you can, uh, you can do that because you will fortunately be able to use that same currency um, as uh, once you unlock the USS Voyager. Um... Yes, Captain Mark says, that's you while mining, not me. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man, I hate it. Oh, God. Oh, I don't like mining. All right, uh, Bubba Joe, I yeah, suppose so we I, should – oh, I, go ahead. I, I, so you came to me a couple of times, and then we, we got a guess, which is fine. Um, I've been gathering my thoughts. 
I think that there is more to like than dislike with this loop. Um, as we've talked about, isolate damage is legit. The sourcing on those artifacts is significantly better than the Formation Armada artifacts. Um, so hopefully that's something we can look forward to down the road, not going back to the way Formation Armadas were. And they did listen and make a fairly immediate adjustment and didn't sell it in a prime. These are all positive changes that Scopely has made to this loop in trying to make it a little bit more balanced and a little bit more engaging. But I will say that I absolutely hate the five-minute warp to mine for 30 seconds. <laughs> that bugs me That's true. to no end. Yeah. Like I, and I have the superhighways. It's still a five-minute warp to mine for 30 seconds. And I, it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I just... See, no, my entire that, thing yeah, is, I know is you're warp. probably going to a higher system, but I'm not. Mine's only like two and a half minutes. But still, yeah, two and a half minutes to mine... For 60 seconds and then two and a half minutes home. Uh, actually, crazy enough, I <laughs> I am afraid that Wardod uh, is going to hit me, so I summon home. <laughs> I I warp in. I'll warp in. But when my car goes full, uh, I summon home because I'm not uh, – no, I don't want to crash my ship, Sal, because I can kill those hostiles. I can kill those hostiles for 30 minutes. Uh, so no, I don't want to do that. I just summon back that way. I, nobody can intercept my ship, Bubba Joe. And then it's a wasted cell. So I, I don't actually have warp time home, but there is warp time to get there. Uh, that is funny though. But yeah, no, I I'm convinced that Wardot is just waiting for me. So, <laughs> so I summon back. All right. Oh, woo. What you doing peeps? Are we about good? Uh, there is a question in the chat. Okay, I've been trying uh, to watch some. Yeah, no, if you've got a question, go ahead. Let's do it because we actually uh, – what time is it? Wow, we're only at like three hours and 15 minutes, so we, I guess we got a couple of minutes, but we should get ready so, to wrap up. Uh, the, the question in the chat was, when is the grading show? Uh, we're going to do that – what is today? Wednesday? We're going to do it Sunday. Yeah. We knew we, we were, we were <laughs> going to what, – What day is today? <laughs> yeah. We weren't going to try to do it today uh, because we had Mr. Tiger book, so we'll, uh, we'll have to rate – the arc uh this coming sunday and um yeah so that's that's yep. when that's when we'll try to do it uh you want a hint oh <laughs> okay uh, the arc is technically over the arc is over yeah that's true i should give a hint uh i don't have anything written out i didn't write a poem but in all fairness bubba joe uh i haven't even had a chance to like you know even joke or tease with anybody I, um, it will be a Voyager, uh, arc everywhere it matters. So hint complete. Thank you. Uh, no, it, um, I don't have anything like formally prepared for you guys, Bubba Joe, but <laughs> I'll give you a hint and, and it's only gonna, it's only gonna make people laugh and, and, and joke and, and be, it's not going to tell not you anything. Cry. It's not going to make him cry. Oh, it's going to make him cry. Um, <laughs> it's, it's going to make him cry. Lube says, can I give a hint? Uh, by the way, congratulations to uh, official nd content creator, Lube. Yeah! Congratulations. 
He is now officially purple on the official Discord. He has been brought into the developer chat. He is on the official content creator Discord. Uh, congratulations to Lube. I've been watching some of his streams. They've been really, really good. Uh, very well deserved. He's done a fantastic job, and uh, it's really cute watching him stumble around and, and work and talk to the developers for the very first time, Bubba Joe. Uh, I, I <laughs> Did you put things in his way? Is that why he's stumbling? Yes, he's so cute in there. He's like, listen, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Th th okay, okay, can I, can I give you one? Can I give you one, Bubba Joe? I'll give you one. Here's what he, here's what he wrote. Uh, I think he just wrote this today. Oh, this is so cute. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Is it under the feet? Okay, here, 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 here. Here's what Lou writes this morning. Because I'll tell you, folks, we had our ARC preview meeting this morning. All right? So I know about everything that's coming. So you know what's coming. I do know what's coming. Uh, Lube says, thank you for the presentation today. It was a fabulous insight into the inner workings here. And I feel honored to be a part of it. Listen to him. Isn't he so precious and cute? His exuberance is just adorable. Um... Albeit I am new here, and there's probably valid reasons for such things. I just wanted to throw my, th my thoughts into the ring as a fresh set of eyes. Um, is there a reason these are done so late before launch? Wouldn't it be beneficial to have more advanced notice to offer ideas on potential pitfalls or changes with time to actually implement them? Uh, and on some of the more complex stuff, like the addition of loops and and this to educate us and give us an opportunity to uh, fully understand these things better, to be able to explain them to the masses. Uh, I'm sure this has come up before, and feel free to shut up Wesley me, of course, uh, but I wanted to offer something that could potentially help our cause. And I No, thought, I think that's a completely unique idea, has <laughs> never been brought up by anyone ever before. He's Thank so you cute. for enlightening everyone. He's so <laughs> precious, isn't he? Oh, man. I remember. I remember what it's like to have such youthful excitement uh, about me. That's right. Look, <laughs> Look at this chat. We're going to beat it right out of him. Adorable and short-lived exuberance. It's like his spirit hasn't been broken yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just want to hug him and snuggle him. Oh, sweet summer child. There, Man, there are so many good responses in the chat right now. This is so cute. Uh, anyway. Oh. Wait, Captain Planet says, so I learned that Lube switches off during DJ rants. Oh, really? Does he stop listening to me when I get all hateful? I didn't know that. <laughs> He's cute. Oh, anyway. All right. Uh, anyway, congratulations to Lou. What was the whole point? Why were we talking about that? What was uh, I starting People wanted about? a hint. People. Oh, people wanted a hint. Oh, that's right. And Lou said he wanted he wanted a hint. Okay. Do you want Do you want uh, to do some battleship names? <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> it, hey, I was asked to remind you if you <sighs> wanted to do it to go ahead and do it. I'm really I'm I'm about over this game. How, how many? Let me look at the game card here real quick. I don't even know what ships have, have been like. <sighs> hey, we have a game. I was gonna do some. Bubba wants to do battleship. I don't want to do battleship. I do not want to do battleship. I want to do fantasy fleet command. You realize it's the end of June. We started battleship in January, and like it's still going. Like what? What in the actual heck? 
I'm bored with this game. We don't play this game year round. It's I'm bored. I want to do. I want to go back and and play Blart or the 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 torpedo game. What did we call right, that so one? So not. Let's let's do something to end the show. Something real quick. Something that'll make you think, and then we can get out. Okay. All right. I've got a hint for you. Oh, you got a hint. Okay. Oh, I didn't write a hint. I was just going to tell you that. <laughs> Lube, tell me if this is a good enough hint that I have counted. <laughs> I have counted over 35 new inventory-based items for next month. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you want to do it. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh guys. Oh guys, it it when I Have we had that many since Franklin A? When I saw the list. It, you know, listen, Ripper, Ripper. You and I have been It is it is Emperor Prime President now, by I'm the way. <laughs> Sorry. Um Emperor Prime President, sir. You and I have argued for unique currencies in the past. We have. There's a legitimate argument to be made for it, okay? Mm -hmm. it, it relieves the pressure on traditional things and, and all this stuff. But when I saw the list today, even I, even I was like, holy crap. Except, except I said a dirty word. To the developer, I was like, "Holy shit!" Sh 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 I did. I was. I couldn't. Nikes. Yes, I was. I was actually shocked. So you said poop on bread? Uh, yeah. I, I. That's all I'm going to give you for now. <laughs> Am I excited about it? Um. Again, I think it's interesting. Okay, I do think it's interesting. I. <laughs> I believe that if you thought Voyager was complicated, woo! <laughs> What's that song? Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can find. Uh yeah, this this is it right here. Uh, is this the song right here? We'll we'll play this on our for our outro, Bubba Joe. If you thought Voyager was bad, then you ain't seen nothing yet. If if Voyager is confusing the crap out of you, oh boy! <laughs> you really know how to sell this, you know. I know. <laughs> Scopely's never gonna tell me anything ever again. I mean, seriously, I saw it. I was just like, damn. Woo! Mm, sounds fun. There it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. You know what? Listen, I'm joking. It's not that bad. I don't. 
certainly sounds like it's that bad. I can't. I can't even lie to you guys. It, it's the most complicated thing I've ever seen. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's, sorry. let's shut down the show, DJ. But I would like to, as a, as a segment of our grading show, because you asked this last week. Uh-huh. You asked, where does where is Janeway a top five officer in the game? And I, you may have even said epic officer. And I think we've had enough officers. We haven't done this in a while. We should have a discussion of officers people should prioritize unlocking. Yeah. If you're you're coming to the DA, you're coming into the game. Who are the people you should be going after? Who are the officers that you should be trying to prioritize? I think that's an interesting discussion that we can use a little teaching moment for the players. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea, and we will do that very very soon. But Sunday, we'll have to grade the arc, and I'm gonna have to actually write you two hints, Bubba Joe. Me. Well, I mean, there I get is, to give out two hints. There's a, there's come, a, come on, come on. can we, can we? Just there's a do pattern. Instead, there's a, there's a pattern, Bubba Joe. We do one hint yes, per there show, is. and I, then, yes. and then I do yes. two hints on the last show before the arc begins. So do I get to give one of the hints. I'm gonna have to prepare two hints for Sunday's oh. show. Let me see if we can do lead. And we'll see if Ripper wants to do a lead. See, I'm surprised that the chat's not picking up on this, Bubba Joe. I just, I literally just laid out a hint. No, I think they have. Okay, just make it sure. Confirming nothing. I don't, I don't say nothing. I just said I got to give out two hints on Sunday. And I need to start preparing the Arkfall video now so that the six hours of content that I have to do on Arcfall Day to fully explain this new thing will be fully vetted and prepared and you guys How will have long? you guys will have plenty of days to to watch it and How be able long? to understand. If if you don't go fast, if you're not like trying to read fast how long do you think it would take you to read the names of all of the new currencies coming out in the next arc? <laughs> Is that like a three or four minute video? That could be a YouTube video. Oh my God. Probably not. Like, it probably. It probably take <laughs> me. It probably would take me at least at least 90 seconds to read them all. Yes. There's a lot. I'm shocked at how many there are. I, I, was, I was shocked. Huh? Drugs? No, what? God, no. Uh, no, new, new like currencies. New. Currency. I remember. I remember when the Franklin A came out, and uh, the the character formerly known as Ripper, um, came on, and his hint was there's there was like thirty new currencies in that arc. I think I remember something like that. Yeah. Of course, 12 of them were individual warp tokens for the Franklin A, but <laughs> still. That's true. I do remember that. Um, well, no, that's probably all I should say. I, I know for a fact that they're it's actually. probably more than you should have Yeah, said. no, I, I know for a fact that they're <laughs> listening right now because I'm getting PM, so I should probably stop now. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Okay, God, there's a lot. Um, Wait, can I leak things that Scopely doesn't tell me? No. I, I don't think. But they didn't tell me. 
I don't think I don't think you can. You're still under NDA. Well, Ripper, why can don't you tell me and I can advise no. you whether you can tell people. <laughs> what, what do you mean no? You can can't... I revoke my NDA? All right, hang on. I'm getting a PM now. Uh no, you can't no, you can't read that, Lube. No, that's too obvious. You'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> You'll get in trouble the first week. Okay, you can't do that. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> you can't. Is that faster or slower than the first time you got in trouble? Lube, I don't think has actually been in trouble yet. Now, if you did that, Lube, you'd get in trouble faster than I would. You you would get in trouble faster than than I ever got in trouble. Yeah, it's hey, it's, it's his first. I, like, even it's his first I week. managed to get in trouble. Yeah, Lube probably has a couple of offenses before he gets called to the principal's office. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. I mean, he'd probably get a call to the principal's office pretty much right away. All right, he he. Uh, I don't know. He talk. Everybody says, "Be bold, be bold." All right, fine. If you want to do it, I don't care. You want you want me to read it? I'm not reading it. What? <laughs> no. I'm Send it to me. Be bold, DJ. I'm not reading that. Send no, it to it's me, too I obvious. Will, I will read it. No. Yeah, send it to me. I'll read it. I don't have any. I have no legal obligation. <laughs> send it to Bubba Lube. No, then you're then you're doing <laughs> bad things. Don't do it. Look, Stewie says don't do it. All right. Uh, listen. Hey, hey, I, I still technically have an NDA. You can send it to me, and if I decide to read it, you know, that's. Oh, my God. I, I am going to end the show now to protect all of my friends. <laughs> Okay, we, we we must protect everybody, Bubba Joe. Uh, listen, I do want to thank everybody. Thank you for being here. It was a great episode. Thank you to our special guest today, Mr. Tiger from Game Design. Thank you for being here to speak about the loop. Uh, Bubba Joe, what we're going to need to do here is uh, exactly very, very soon from now, we're going to have to get the next game designer on to talk about next month. Because, damn. I caramba. I caramba. All right. Uh, that is coming. That being said, I would like to thank all of you guys for listening here. My name is Ultimate DJs, inviting you to visit our website at TalkingTrekSTFC.com. That's TalkingTrekSTFC.com, where Bubba Joe, uh, every month I try to read the names of everybody. Like, we always read the names of our gold patrons that support $10 or more per month. But, like, once a month, I try to read everybody's name who contributes anything to our Patreon program, either all the way down to, like, five bucks, right? If your name turns gold, then I would like to uh, acknowledge you and, and uh, appreciate you and thank you for the time that and the money that you've donated to our show to keep things up and running. And as I have mentioned, Bubba Joe, we uh, you guys might have heard the spot earlier. We've got a big promotion starting in only three days over on Twitch. I'm going to need everybody's help. I really am. I'm, I'm not even fibbing about this. We, You might think that there's a lot of subs over on that channel, but most of them are gifted or prime. We are under half of what we would need for this new Tier 1 sub promotion, but it is so significant, Bubba, that if we hit it, I'm giving away $2,000 in packs in October. And, and more than that, I'm still going to give away all the other prizes that we would normally give away on top of that. I mean, I'm going to give away $2,000 extra in the month of October if we hit this 90-day goal. I'm really going to need everybody's help on it. We'll talk more about it. Uh, you'll be able to hear it back on the podcast in the commercial break, and we'll talk more about it on Twitch as well. Uh, but at our current level, Bubba Joe, we are less than 50% acquisition of this goal. But... 
I have never laid out a goal that this community has not hit. Never once. So I I think I hope that we can hit this one as well. And if we do, I'm going to uh, I'm going to really we're gonna we're gonna give away some big stuff. Trader, I haven't even told everybody the full list of prizes that we're gonna be giving away if we do this. All right, I've only told them about the two thousand dollars, but I didn't tell them about all the other money that we're gonna give away if we Are hit this. Are you gonna give away a scopely mug? Yeah, sure, I'll give away a scopely mug too. That'll be fine too. All right. Yeah, we've we've got we've got other stuff. Pretty sure that's more valuable than anything else. Maybe. It could be. Yeah, I've only I've only told people about the two thousand dollars trader, but there's even more, isn't there? Trader and I have been coming up with a plan. Yes. It's gonna be great. Uh we've come up with a plan. All right. I and, and I've only said about the two thousand, but we got even more that we're gonna be doing uh along the way. So anyway, uh, there's that. That's going on, and I would uh, really appreciate you guys taking a look at that and uh, supporting us over there if you can. But in the meantime, back over here to this, I would like to uh, thank everybody who's contributed over here on the podcast as well, on our Patreon, uh, even all the way down to $5. So let me read those names here real quick, uh, and I really, really uh, do very much appreciate you guys allowing us to continue this production and uh, allowing us to give away what it is we give away, Trader. I mean, we give away so much stuff crazy amount of stuff we give away uh and we've got more to do do what i didn't hear you it's fun it's fun being irresponsible it is fun being irresponsible we we give away probably too much stuff really to be honest with you uh lord nalix thank you very much lady castrator iron chef virtual army d-law mech rag hammerhead regis bk jayberg shady pines big shakes pavic camara lobot ripper loves to mine it's Hunter, Tagora, Cruzita, Renegade, Ransusi, Katana, Hank, Abe, Djigger, MC101, Wayfair, Late Nighter, Lightbull, Louis P, Zalvinar, Zenfri, Peppies, Blue Plague, uh, Ensign, Ensign Morale Kim. <laughs> uh, Chloe P loves Cat Guy. Aw, oh, thank you. Uh, Blue Plague, Pez Loco, Chris, Stormbringer, Gopher, uh, Bills Mafia, IG83, Bayonetta, Razahound, Grog, Edward, Fuzzy Game, Thorn. Archangel, Smoke Mohawk, Sleepy Kitty. That's so cute. He keeps changing the kitty. The, the kitty one. Sleepy Kitty. Uh, BJC, Jetski, Papa Smurf, Madam Stargazer, Jason, Patrick, Captain Jack Moore, Z-Man, Vanium Scorpionus, Archer, Arian, and Honey, Rackstar, Lim, uh, Indominus, Casey Jones, Goatee Spock, DJ is Towns, BFF, Tash, uh, Chronic Break, Galen Dritz, Wet Willie Joe, K92, Sub Commander, Darth Adama, Sir Tail, General Chaos, Warren Afox, Judge Kren, G Force, Baminkus, Captain Q, Plain Simple Garrett Game Jr., Vegas, Admiral Inworlder, Cha Cha Rar, Scarlet Hawk, Looser, Kendall, DJ's Loves Tier Prime, Sibkino. Just lost my place. What the heck just happened? Okay, there it is. Tagging, seven, seven of nine, Jaga, Johnny Five, Never Go Full Tilly, Blue Mandalorian, Noxus, Exhibitor, Furmag, uh, Furmax, Dr. Link, James, Clueless One, Schizoido, Likes a Bass, 70 times seven, Tom, Welch, Kievo, Fighting Texas Aggie, Gunner, Mighty Croc, Captain Andrew Stevens, Unimatrix, Adam on Server 20, Dark Shift, The Web, Balabomb, King of 101, Nom Nom, Primal Fear, Antares, Medic 213, J Babes, Dark Knight, Stratoblaster, Pixelate, Scribbler, Lost In, Buddy, Luke, JT10, Spectre, Captain Yam, Yukainika, Diva Dorsal, Oscar90, McLovin, DJ Screams My Name, Bobbert, Jazzmeister, Shoopster, TNT, Assassin, Griffin, Jack, and Mean Bean. 
our newest gold patrons. Thank you so very, very much. I appreciate all of your support. Here at Talking Trek Live, a registered trademark and recorded in front of a live studio audience for distribution across podcast platforms everywhere. I'm your friendly neighborhood camp person, Ultimate DJs, your friendly feline of nine. Saying meow for now. Love you, to Catch you on the next one, everybody. Love, peace, and hair grease. Mm-hmm. Had a good one.